Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-4477-444. Call ID 90337. Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Uh, yeah, it is uh, Monday, November the 16th, and it's 2015. And yeah, we got the hoax busters call back operational and online tonight. And uh, yeah, good. We have some uh, people showing up out here. Awesome Luke, I ounce of salt today, deciphering BS, Negan Tropic, uh, Morris Lynn, Richard Benedict 73, and uh, Wade 57. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm glad y'all showed up, and we're doing a call. I've been out of commission for uh, how many weeks? I don't know, six weeks, something like that, on that order. Uh, I've been kind of elbows deep in a, like a remodeling project, uh, remodeling the house and doing different stuff. And, uh, yeah, it turned out to be... A pretty good uh, time to do that because it didn't seem like there was a whole lot going on. And then, you know, it's good to take a break sometime. So, yeah, that went pretty good. And uh, so then it turns out there's some sort of uh, event, a recent development that has exploded out there on the news media now. It's the topic of the day, or du jour, I should say, to use proper French and all that. But, uh, yeah, it looks like from uh, surface appearances, more of the same. Very, uh, yes, something that I picked up on it in the kind of brief, excursion into it and looking into it is that uh, uh, yeah, it's looking really scripted and contrived and just some stuff that's just looking pretty phony baloney. And uh, so I clipped out some audios and uh yeah, I don't know. I I don't know, I guess I'll skip doing the quote. I don't have to do that. 
But yeah, I wanted to thank people who've donated Trezor, Trez, Trezor, Matt, and Jim helping me out. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it really helps out to be able to uh, get some equipment to do some different stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully the call will sound better now. And uh, I had a new mic and then I uh, had to send it back because there were some problems with it. So now I'm using the old mic, but uh, hopefully it'll be a, a bit better. And uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I try to up up the uh, quality and try to make it so that everything is clear and everything can be heard. I think it's worthwhile to 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 put it together so that it's uh yeah not a not a lot of annoying background noise and not a lot of uh, interference and stuff. And I've got everything kind of rearranged now so that it. Uh, I'm not going to have a fan blowing on the microphone, and uh, which I really couldn't help before because my AC is kind of was next to my desk, and the AC is into the wall, and the desk is built into the wall, and then so I ripped that all apart, and I've rearranged everything, and now the AC is on the other side of the room, and um, yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and finally got around to doing it, and um, yeah, I didn't want to go all into detail on that but uh yeah i just uh been busy doing that and it takes time and it takes time to iron everything out and to kind of do all the construction work and to do all that stuff and uh yeah i think it turned out good and it was worth doing and uh yeah so so here it is with a an event and then uh Something happened in Paris, right? And then this concert got shot up, and then it's allegedly hundred some odd people get killed, and uh, so you go looking at this stuff, and then it's um, you know with the idea in mind that okay, is this another hoax event? Which you probably think it maybe it most likely is, and then you kind of keep an eye out and ear out for discrepancies. And so I went on uh, the internet, of course, and then there's all the videos of uh, the, because uh, that was what you have to go off of. You're not there, so you don't know. So you just have to go off on what you're being fed by the media, and then the media is serving you up uh, all the typical fare, and it's the eyewitness testimonies. And uh, yeah, just check this out. So I'll play this audio, and hopefully this comes across clear. And let's examine some of this. After we, we had noises, uh, fire guns, and uh, noises of um, Kalashnikovs and everything. And so I turned my head there and I saw guys with Kalashnikovs aimed at us. We went back and we saw two young men there, not more than 25 years old, with Kalashnikovs. They asked us to lie down. They kept gesturing to us to lie down. The concert had started about half an hour before. We heard firecracker noises and we turned around and saw two young people. 
two young people, well, we were a bit far away, so two people with machine guns firing into the crowd. So we all laid on the ground. There was panic, screams, shots continued to be fired. Uh, so it was coming towards the end of the concert, and uh, we had this crackling noise, like firecrackers. From the bar area, we heard firecrackers. Well, we thought they were firecrackers. We went back and we saw two young men there, not more than 25 years old, with Kalashnikovs. When he hung up, I was crossing the road and it exploded in front of me. Everything went up in flames. I felt the reverberations and I left. I fell down, then got up. That's when you saw me. You were already in the area. Here's the phone that took the shot, and it's that that saved me. Otherwise, my head was in pieces. The barely worn, discarded boots, the soles so clean, their first outing may have been their last. I arrived at the scene, and there were lots of dead bodies on the ground. Lots of dead bodies. Lots of dead bodies. At that moment, you can't tell if this is real or fiction, a movie. Whatever the case, a lot of people are dead around or anything. I heard some words like um, jihad and, and Islam and... Um... Yeah, yeah, he was obviously a native French speaker. I could see that, you know, with one of, one of the guys was covering, was doing crowd control and the other guy was executing. Um, so there was no chance, there was a palace incident some months ago here in Europe with a similar kind of scenario. There was no chance of anybody being a hero because these guys were organized. One was covering the crowd, the other one was doing the shooting. One of their own. 23-year-old Noemi Gonzalez was killed in these attacks last night. She was out having dinner with her other friends who were studying abroad here, like so many do on a Friday night. And Poppy, let me give you just a, more of a characterization of just how dynamic of a student that uh, Noemi was. She engaged in this global competition put on by biomimicry, she and three of her colleagues. And we might have a photo of this for you. There were some 70 entries from 22 countries around the world. And Naomi's uh, group finished second in this competition. And we get some indications as to the kind of person she was, clearly involved in sustainable agriculture healthy foods, and more. What she designed, according to this competition, was called Polysnack. And it was basically a biodegradable bag that contained fruits and nuts, and after you ate it, you were able to go ahead and plant something. And that was a very complex project, one that she was rewarded for internationally, Poppy. Yeah, there you go. That's some little excerpts I took out of some videos that are out there on the internet and uh, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking yeah it sounds a little bit like there's some talking points there I mean I would have to you know draw the conclusion that uh, you know there's this unified uh, coordinated scripted uh, talking points that are thrown out there by the survivors, right? Uh, so people are being interviewed and they all are on the similar talking points. Yeah, we saw them and yes, they had Kalishnikovs and they were shooting into the crowd. And uh, so then, you know, you look up uh, France and their gun policy and then, you know, they have very tight gun laws and restrictions on firearms and uh, but, you know, the average French 
citizen is uh, well conversant on firearms. That's that's pretty interesting. So they can identify, you know, they yeah they they're they're brushed up on their on their uh, firearms terminology, and they know a Kalashnikov from a uh, you know from any other kind of weapon, and they all make note of it. Yeah, it's a Kalashnikov, and uh, that yeah. I mean, I I I think that's rather suspicious myself. Um. Yeah, young women in their twenties. Yeah, it's a Kalashnikov, and came in there with Kalashnikov and was firing, and it's like, okay, yeah. So how do you know? <laughs> what are you? What are you operating? What frame of reference there for uh, Kalashnikov? But yeah, so yeah, multiple people saying, yeah, we saw Kalashnikovs, and uh, and that's what they were using, and uh, then you heard there some discrepancies like uh yeah they were all oh, they were speaking uh in uh you know saying Allah Akbar and saying things in their native tongue and it was obviously Muslims and then somebody else says yeah they're obviously native uh French speaking speaking in, in clear plain French Fran uh you know <clears throat> language of France, and, uh, yeah, they were talking, and we hear them say, you know, stuff about Syria, and they were clearly native, native French, and then other people were saying, no, they were talking jihad and Allah Akbar, and, uh, they could make that out, so, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, I mean, what, so what are they speaking, plainly in French, or are they speaking, uh, Muslim, or, uh, what is the language the Muslims speak? Yeah, you or that, or, you know, which was it? You know, what's, what's the real story? So, yeah, you got that. And then, yeah, people being interviewed with, um, you know, giving the reference to, yes, we were there. And, uh, oh, it was, uh, it sounded like firecrackers, but then we knew it wasn't firecrackers. And then you got that as a talking point where it's like, oh, first we heard firecrackers. And then we found out it was a gun being shot. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it sounds scripted to me. And, um, yeah, then the one couple of other little snippets in there about, uh, yeah, shoes laying on the ground and their brands making new shoes. And uh, so I'm thinking, well, yeah, what do you, so you have a shooting going on and it's, so it's like, oh, everybody take off your shoes, it's shooting. And like, how do your shoes come off? Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever had in my entire life, even, you know, have you ever had your shoes just come off? Like both of them come off and then be laying side by each on the, how, how do you end up? I don't know. How do you end up with that scenario? But yeah, that's, what was depicted there so they show you this squeaky clean pair of shoes laying side by side on the on the sidewalk and then they show you that and then oh that's indicative of chaos and uh yeah that just seems pretty ridiculous to me and then the young man saying you know thank god that i was walking around with a cell phone plastered to my head 
because if I wasn't, this bullet would have shattered my skull. And then he's showing you his, his Samsung phone, and it's got like a bullet lodged in it, which is what is, you know, he's supposedly depicting. And then you have to maybe kind of, I don't know, maybe laws of physics. Maybe you want to invoke the laws of physics and think maybe, yeah, well, you know, a thin piece of aluminum and uh, whatever glass that's on this typical smartphone probably would not stop a bullet like that. But, you know, that's what they were communicating that, yeah, I got shot in the head, but I think I had my cell phone up to my head and it stopped the bullet. Everybody look. And then, you know, he shows you his phone and it's got this, it's got the, the back is pretty much destroyed, but the screen looks like it's got the bullet lodged in it for, you know, that came through from behind and stopped the bullet from hitting him. And then he says, yeah, my skull would have been shot. You said, no, you, no, the regular average person, your skull is a lot more durable than a phone, but yeah, if it's not going it, to, it, it's not going to penetrate through the phone. So that's, uh, well, I would, I would point point that out as an example of sort of the suspension of the laws of physics, kind of like you see in some of these events where, yeah, an office modern skyscraper made out of steel, reinforced, and then, uh, yeah, it burns for an hour, and then it just completely and totally collapses in on its own footprint. You got bulletproof cell phones in this event and uh yeah sort of just yeah we're just going to kind of ignore the laws of physics for the sake of a good story and uh we know that uh that that will be acceptable because we're not using critical thinking on any of this stuff it's just kind of like oh it's horrible it's terrible and oh look there's blood and then you know bad things happen and and then uh yeah so you buy the whole narrative and then you got on top of this is scripted ridiculous talking points that everybody's just reading off of the same script. And that kind of flies over everybody's head, I guess, because everybody takes all this stuff in this, in the nature that it's presented, which is these sort of little snippets and sound bites that get kind of put out there, distributed throughout the news media. And you'll hear one, one place and one, the other, and you probably forget that you heard the other, but, yeah, it's just interesting when you start to run this stuff together. And then uh, you end up with uh, something that comes across as pretty absurd. And, and then, uh, you know, other things, too. I mean, just kind of looking into some of the stuff that's out there on uh, I posted a video with uh, the guy uh, PK he's got a pretty good channel and he does some pretty good analysis of things and then so there's this yeah I go to hooksbusterskull.com check that out and uh, look at that and this woman she's hanging by her fingertips off of a ledge of a window and then the question comes up of like, okay, how does she get in such a precarious 
position when there's Oh, you see horizontal bars at the bottom of the window, and she supposedly stepped over those, got onto the ledge, and then got down, and then got to where she sort of suspended by her fingertips, and then she kind of stays there for several minutes, and then displaying a pretty uh, extensive amount of... uh, uh, upper body strength and stuff that's probably uncharacteristic of the majority of people, like especially women. And then, uh, yeah, that happened. And then, uh, we're supposed to buy that. And that looks on its face to be pretty absurd. Uh, yeah, you know, you got stuff like that. And, uh, so yeah, check that video out. That's, that's pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've you know I've I've been pretty busy last couple of weeks and everything, and uh, so I so this thing just came up, and then uh, and then I just had uh, some family visiting, and then uh, so they so they left uh, this afternoon, and then uh, then I kind of went online, kind of look at check some stuff out, and then that's all over the interwebs and all that. And then, uh, yeah, so you just go looking into it, and that's that's pretty much what I picked up on just from a cursory kind of uh, uh, first impression of this you know, so-called event. But apparently that this is like uh, they're calling it the 9-11 of Paris, and it's a really, really, really big deal. So I guess we've got to talk about it, and it's sort of like a – uh, maybe one of these turning point events so that, you know, we can get safely uh, launched into wars on multiple fronts, kind of, which from my understanding has kind of been ongoing and on, off and on, kind of bombing Syria, now they're bombing Syria, now they're bombing uh, some other areas in response to this, and it's supposedly a terrorist attack, but you know, something about that, let's say that this was all real and it's all for real and like, okay, so Muslims actually really did a shooting in a, at a concert hall or, you know, what they're, what they're promoting here. And it's like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, if, you know, what's, what's to be believed about, okay, what NATO's up to in the Middle East and the kind of interference over there and kind of bombing and killing civilians and droning and doing this, that, and the other thing. It's like, okay, isn't this just kind of like another act of war? But no, they portray and present this as if it's like, oh, this is somehow much more egregious. This is what's called terrorism. The dirty pool, it's bad, and it's just against the rules of war. I thought, well, I thought pretty much everything was on the table in war, but no, this is really, really bad. They're, they're directly attacking civilians, which is bad, but even though you hear in the news all the time, or, oh, yeah, we accidentally droned a wedding party, we accidentally droned a hospital, we accidentally droned... Uh, no, we actually deliberately droned a 16-year-old kid at a ca- uh, cafe, and this is something that America does, but we're doing it for freedom, but these other people are terrorists. And yeah, I mean, just even if you 
take the surface level pro- propaganda on its face, it's 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 actually hypocritical and ridiculous. So if you wanted to take that tact and then you accept it for what it is, it's hypocritical and, hypocritical and ridiculous. It's like, well, no, this is okay. You initiated a war against you know these Middle Eastern countries, and you're going to go ahead and bomb them and drone them, and then okay, so they're going to come and attack a, a you know a European city, and then okay, that's tit for tat, right? I mean, but you know, no, it's a act of terror, and it's horrible, and it's bad, and everybody's supposed to get upset and crap their pants and cry foul, and yeah, it's just I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous and absurd on many levels, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it, you know, it, it. You know, it's it's like, oh, is it justified? Can you justify something like that? Well, no, I don't. I'm not saying that, but as it, you know, if uh, if what if what we're being told in the media and stuff about the what the American forces do on a regular basis, and when NATO forces do on a regular basis, like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, you, you want war, you got war, and then you get it in a European city, and there you go, and then that's what happens, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, what is the big surprise about that? So, but is it real? Is it fake? Uh, you know, I'm not there, so I don't know, but it looks awful fishy and awful suspicious, and yeah, there's another post out there. It's like, okay, so this EMT guy that was high profile on the Charlie Hebdo, which is obviously staged and fake. And there's so many examples of that, how that was staged and fake. And then, you know, it's the same cast of characters and they're coming out and this guy turns out he's got this um, Hollywood style pedigree. In other words, he's an actor and he's all up in, in this thing. And yeah, it's just, Looking like more of the same, so I mean, yeah, these 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 uh, scripted, super high-profile events, where there seems to be this very controlled narrative, and then you have the people coming on the news immediately after happens and they're pretty much cool, calm and collected and they're just laying out the script talking points and then, uh, not really visibly upset or, you know, uh, there was some, uh, there was one of those snippets in there where the, where this young woman and she's like, what looks like her boyfriend there. And like, she's, yeah, you have to look that up. I, I'm trying to remember. Well, I can't remember the names, but, yeah, Americans in Paris and they're vacationing, I guess. And then, like, you see the duping delight, the guy's grinning like the Cheshire cat and waiting to be interviewed. And he's like tickled pink and he's grinning from ear to ear. And it's like, okay, yeah, you just came out of like probably the most horrific, graphic, unsettling, disturbing event in your entire life. And you're all just grinning from ear to ear. So you have the duping the light present, and then uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, so I really don't have a whole lot 
of stuff to say about it. Let me go back quickly here and see if, uh, yeah, terrorist attack survivors share their stories. No, that's not the one. <clears throat> see, what will happen is I will go back into my viewing history and... I can't find the video. I just got to be watching about five minutes ago, but oh well. Uh, oh yeah, you'll see it. If you peruse these videos, you'll see it. You'll see the duping delight. You'll see the calm demeanor. You'll see the scripting. You'll see the uh, talking points. You'll see the... Uh, Oh, what was the one I haven't mentioned yet that was in that audio clip? Oh, American student, she got killed, and she was all up in sustainability, uh, making snacks that you can plant in the ground and grow plants. And, uh, yeah, so you will always see some kind of agenda being worked into the narrative like one thing that we talk about pretty extensively with the Boston bombing thing was transhumanism. And that was up front and center in the narrative where you had multiple people talking about how they preferred artificial legs to their real legs. And I won't get shin splints anymore. And it's so great. And Yeah. I went ahead and opted to have my leg amputated so I can get one of them whiz bang artificial legs and that's going to be great and then it was just talking just talking up and playing up artificial legs and how great they were and uh yeah you can be faster better stronger and uh all of that and then uh yeah that was um very obvious i mean i it's hard to miss that and I guess another thing to look for on something like this is predictive programming in the media. I, I haven't seen anything turn up as far as that yet. But like I said, I haven't looked into it extensively. So I'm sure there'll be a Family Guy prediction or uh, something on some goofy television show predicting this or uh a television show that was due to be released, but they cancel it at the last minute, like in the... Uh, WDBJ shooting or yeah, there was a couple of television shows where reporters getting shot live on air and they were due to re be released within the week time frame of this shooting. And then they had to pull it out. And then it's like, Hey, everybody look at this. Everybody watch this. It's basically like an advertising way to advertise it and a way to get more propaganda in front of your face. And, uh, there's that to look for. Um, most likely, there's probably something out there. Multiple things, most likely. Uh, one thing, I, another thing that maybe I pulled up was, um, so a band uh, that was playing there is called the Eagles of Death Metal, and they have a playlist on their Facebook page. And in another news report, they were saying, they because I paid attention to that because they kept, saying that, and they repeated a couple of times where, oh, they were in the sixth song of their set. So it's like, okay, yeah, why are they 
pointing out these this detail and repeating it. So I went up and looked on their Facebook page, and they had a set list that's posted up there. I don't know if it was from this exact concert, but uh, the name of the song and the sixth in the set was Secret Plan. So that that was sort of interesting. I guess uh, I don't know how much you can make out of that, but I just thought it was a noteworthy thing. And uh, yeah, so that that that. Uh, so well, yeah. So we got that. I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Uh, looks like, uh, okay, Rochelle is calling in. I'll, uh, unmute her here in a second. I'll look it back through my notes real quick. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's always some more stuff I could go into, but, uh, I will save some of this for another call, and uh, yeah, let's just bring Rochelle up and see what she's got to say. Hey, Rochelle, are you there? Chris, I I have nothing to say. I'm here. Well, I have nothing to say. I'm just here uh, listening to you, uh, missing your lovely voice and your wonderful logic to take in. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know what to think about all this. I, I'm just uh, I'm just an observer at this moment. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you calling anyway. But you listen through your Skype connection. Is that? Uh, I'm actually not. I'm not through Skype right now. I'm just calling calling in through my regular phone here. I had to get a I had to get a new phone like a couple couple days ago. I haven't had a phone for a little bit, so I I kind of don't have um I don't even have uh a, a lot of my Skype stuff going right now. So. Oh okay. So you haven't even looked into the uh, most recent big terror, big scare, big freak out event? Not I really have, paying that much attention to it. I've hardly looked into it. Uh, I kind of, I feel like I should kind of step back and just kind of let everything flood in before I look into it. I like, I feel like the best way for me to look into things is kind of like you know, a, a few weeks forth. So. I mean, I, I you're gonna I'm gonna change my opinion so many times if I just start looking into things now, you know. And um, I I really don't know what to think about it. I don't even know if I should think about it really. So um, it's it's incredible though. I mean, this is kind of a new one, I guess. This is it's it's definitely amusing. I just um, I I yet to have an opinion on it except for that I know that it's completely contrived. I mean, from the beginning. When someone texted me and asked me what my opinion was, that was the first time that I'd even heard of it, you know. And so, I mean, um, even even at the question, I was just like, well, this this can't be anything that's um, 
real because terrorists aren't real, you know? And so if it's some kind of terrorist event, I mean, there's no way that it could be real. And so uh, we prove ourselves right once again, I guess. I I mean, there's ridiculous evidence out there already, I guess, something about them blowing themselves up and then finding a thumb and using that as a thumbprint. I mean, that's all I need to know. It happened on November 13th. That's all I need to know. And then that's pretty much where I stopped looking into things, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just hear some ridiculous something, and it's like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, you expect it to believe it, and then it's like, well, it's so... Yeah, and then and that's been exposed, and uh, many times over, all, all over the place, with ISIS being... Uh, absolutely completely contrived and made up fictional entity that doesn't really exist in real life. It's just some fiction that's been created and that's, that's been well established. I mean, I just had a post not too long ago uh, where somebody had looked at the, Oh, well there's an actual, ISIS website, but it's obviously some like American and NATO security forces and they call themselves ISIS and they're kind of out in the open and they were trying to hide it on their website and they changed the name to something else that was similar but different and then, but they are so kind of sloppy and kind of blase about it that they left references to the, oh yeah, we used to call ourselves ISIS, but then it was still on the site and it was like pretty obvious, but, um, yeah, why would you call yourself ISIS unless you really are ISIS? And then ISIS is just like what everybody's been saying all along. It's some sort of contrived uh, group that's put together by this, you know so-called Western intelligence and all of that. And it's uh, completely fake and phony, and it's a front. And then, uh, so they have a website with ISIS, and that's ISIS on their logo, even. But they took, you know, but the guy did a screen capture of it, and he's like, okay, yeah, here's their ISIS logo. And it's all like, uh, yeah, American dudes and posing in the can, you know, and they're obviously American dudes. They're not Muslims, and they're not uh, backwater, third world, hard scrabble. Freedom fighters, they're obviously Americans and uh, probably French and probably uh, what you call uh, Mossad and uh, all of those particular nefarious groups all up in there and posing for the camera. And, uh, yeah, we're ISIS. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – but then, you know, that was no big revelation. That's been known for some time, but – you know, if you don't pay attention to any of that stuff that's out there, it's just people believe that there's this group called ISIS and they're bad and it's not Al-Qaeda anymore. It's ISIS and it used to be Al-Qaeda and I don't know what happened to Al-Qaeda, but is Al-Qaeda gone? Are they still around? Is ISIS now? <laughs> and they changed the name and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, but that's you just says that they, doing all they this form, stuff. Aren't they, aren't they beginning to form Voltron? Is that... Did you say that, or somebody said that? Um, no, Jay said I, that, and then I thought he was going <laughs> around, and then he's, like, telling me the truth. He's, like, talking exactly. about what they actually put out there. It's like they call it Voltron now. It's like, are you shitting me? But no, he's not shitting me. <laughs> and, uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, so I thought you couldn't get more ridiculous, but apparently it can. And it's Voltron, and yeah, be very afraid. So I guess Voltron is like the, it used to be an old cartoon, and Voltron can, like, uh, he's got all these kind of component parts, and then, like, they all kind of combine together, and they form a giant robot, and then the roots have it and everything. And that's what these groups are doing. They're, like, combining together, and I guess they call themselves... You know, naturally, if you're from a Middle Eastern culture and you're not familiar with American pop culture, you, I guess you still name your group after American pop cultures and Egyptian mystical religious references and stuff like ISIS and Voltron and stuff like that. Uh, that makes total sense. Mathematics. It's just mathematics. <laughs> just mathematics, yeah. Simple, plain logic that they would do that, Yeah. And then Al-Qaeda, supposedly, from what I understand, I'm not an Arabic speaker, but they said it means the base, but they, it's a colloquialism for toilet and those reasons. So it's like, it'd be like a joke, you know, like if you called yourself Al-Qaeda, you'd be calling yourself the toilet. And it's like, that's stupid, but we're expected to believe that's what they call themselves, you know, so that's another thing. I'm um I'm dyslexic, so I always saw ISIS as, as sissy, and so I, I never really took them seriously, you know. Yeah, well, that's what they really are: fakers and sissies <laughs> and punks and punk bitches and dupers and uh, hoaxers and uh. Yeah, you know, brought that out with the. Uh, that's an interesting interesting thing to look into with the. Uh, Oh, Boston bombing, and they had the security forces on scene, right? And they were filmed there, and then they had the uh, all the all all the trappings of uh, you know some uh, militarized security forces, and then they got the skull on the hat, which I which was uh, I looked that up. I said that looks familiar, and then it was some uh, Marvel comic uh, logo for one of the Marvel comic uh, characters, and. Uh, it's like, God, isn't that stuff copyrighted and trademarked where you can't just lift that stuff and use it? But apparently it was okay for them to do it. But anyway, yeah, you look into their background and what is it they do? Like, uh, well, they, they, oh, they set off smoke bombs and super hyper-realistic training with amputee actors and uh, simulated war damage and all that. And it's very realistic and to the point of actual setting off pyrotechnics that actually blow up and then you look at their demo real footage and then the bombs that are going off which are fake admittedly fake on the uh on their on their demo reel look identical to the bomb that went off at boston and that's i guess just a pure coincidence that they happen to be there on the scene and they're coordinating everything with radios and uh yeah fake fakers and hoaxers and uh which uh yeah, it's nothing new, and you can go back and you can read the stuff where they're talking about how the CIA did this and uh, South America and other places and the overthrow of Mossadegh and all that, and they're faking and hoaxing and doing uh, stage street theater and all that stuff. So, yeah, this is just uh, like an ongoing thing, and it's uh, just part of our whole reality is living in this thing called civilization. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Hard for some people to believe, but um, yeah, this something like this could be an absolute, total fake staged event. 
and a hoax and fake. But it looks like uh, Aussie Luke, are you on there? Yeah, I'm on here. Yeah, I just want to say hey, hi to. Uh, I just want to say hi to Donaldson. I saw him on the uh, fourth position show before he had a nice long talk. Um, yeah, um, my point on the... I've just seen your um, posts on your blog about uh, what happened in Paris, and it's, I have to go through it all. It seems to be pretty good research. Um, the point I want to add is uh, I've been following similar stage terrorist events in Australia, um, and one of, my, one of my friends, Herod Fenton from truthnews.com.au, almost had... Uh, the uh, the person who held up the Lint Jewish-owned uh, co- um, chocolate shop directly across from Channel 7 News and demanded an ISIS flag in what's called the Martin Place siege event, which seems to be uh, very staged. There's videos all over YouTube of uh, the hostages being coached to make their videos, uh, which are longer than the ones that were published in the media. And uh, the person who is putting out all the tweets from the New South Wales Police Twitter account is my personal nemesis since 2007, uh, which is a corrupt cop. So um, I obviously have a very, very um, big interest in in it. And when these terrorists, these so-called terrorist attacks happen, you you have to think about Cubono, who benefits. And uh, when the Sydney siege one happened... um, there was, there was a code word put out by the Attorney General uh, a week before it happened, George Brandis. He said that, that you know, Muslims don't like us because, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, it was on the 7.30 report, I saved it. My blog's been taken down, I have to go back, refer to it. Uh, but he made a quote that, uh, you know, Muslims don't like our values of tolerance and linked, home, you know, linked, linked Muslims not liking homosexuals to, uh, um, you know, and he, he, he goes to one of those uh, skull and bones type, you know, all, all men's clubs, <laughs> which, yeah. was, which was brought up in Parliament. Anyway, so this, um, this, the, ben- the main benefit from this staged terror attack is there was an election in New Zealand. And um, when the, um, the, pa- the power structure, you know, is threatened, there was a, you know, have you ever heard of Kim.com, this uh, guy who ran... Uh, these uh, file-sharing uh, sites that I think it was Mediafile or a few others. Uh, it wasn't Mediafile, it was a few other uh, sites he, he, he made. And, you know, the, the Jews were after him for uh, copyright issues, and he was looking like he was going to get a, a, a sizable chunk of the uh, vote in New Zealand. And he was saying all these terrorism and Internet censorship and surveillance laws are draconian. And... The Sydney siege event was played up in New Zealand even more than Australia. Okay. So that, that that's what my father thinks is the main motive for that. And um, I'm not going. I'm not in a. Uh, I'm on the war path too much. I kind of think it's funny. But um, I've actually been accused of being a hoaxer yesterday, and I sent you an email, which um, cost about uh, over two thousand dollars to produce because it includes uh, court transcripts made by AusCert, uh, an Australian uh, you know, court transcription service, about uh, what's, going on, what's going on in Australia. I put some, um, 
I put some stuff on the chat, but uh, I'm on my little Raspberry Pi and my key my wireless keyboard's just died or something. I want to go fix it, so I, I can't chat properly, but except using the mouse and cut and paste. But um, yeah, um, one of your uh, one of your colleagues, I told him that uh, the entire Catholic Church in Australia is being persecuted by my nemesis, the gay lobby, and the Greens a Greens Party transvestite is trying to get all the Catholic uh, archdiocese and, and bishops jailed for contempt of court for refusing to apologise. And they have jailed people for contempt of court for refusing to apologise in homosexual vilification cases in the past because the Catholic Church dares, uh, printed out a, a, a large number of brochures and gave them to school children saying that homosexuality is wrong, a very a academic argument. It's still online. There's nothing offensive with it. And um, you know, just for telling young, just for the, it's ironic, the Catholic Church is about to be jailed for telling children not to get into uh, gay anal sex. <laughs> and that's the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Board and a Greens transvestite versus the, the Catholic Church. And you can see it at uh, acl.org.au. That's the... Um, website of the Australian Christian Lobby. And um, anyway, um, I was meant to have an interview on nothing but the truth uh, and yesterday, and he finds a video on YouTube. Hey, Arthur. Yeah? Can I ask you something? This is Donald. You said the whole yeah. Catholic Church is going to go to jail. Oh, no. Um, most like, Let me give you an example. Uh, to, if you go to the Australian case law database, I put a link on the channel before, the Ostley website, right? That's all the case law in Australia. It's on an educational domain. Okay, it's, it's, every, every case that been, has been published in the Australian legal system is there. If you were to type leg, the word leg, L-E-G-G, -G, okay, for the it's surname of someone, Vivian Leg. And then the surname Divine, D-E-V-I-N-E, -E, you will see that a husband and wife were jailed for contempt of court for religious vilification of the satanic child sex cult, otoaustralia.org.au, started by the world's most famous Satanist, Alistair Crowley. And um, that's case law, and it's been on Lawyers Weekly. And they got free pro bono legal assistance from the left-wing taxpayer-funded NGO Public Interest Law Clearinghouse. And I remember name the law firm who also worked pro bono. Uh, it's a pretty big one. It's in the Lawyers Weekly. Uh, the chart and to jail these people, they were actually absent from the courtroom, and um, they were jailed for contempt of court. But in New South Wales, the Anti-Discrimination Board, which is exactly the same, and the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Appeals Tribunal, or called ncat.nsw.gov.au, they say, we are not a court. We are a tribunal. Therefore, the Constitution, that says no court shall impede political free speech, does not apply to us. That's what the government, uh, you know, the, the lawyers representing the Attorney General said in an earlier court case of uh, John Laws versus Gary Burns. 
There's this guy called Gary Burns. He's suing everyone. I put a link from Bernard Gaynor's mailing list on the chat before. He's suing him for um, criticizing a news event which was covered all around the world and was even covered in China. I've got you know, Cantonese people criticizing what happened in the Toronto Gay Pride Parade where a man decided to walk down the street with no clothes except shoes and in his hand was a Sony Handycam and his, and his other hand was holding onto his erect penis as he put it six inches from a boy's face making gay, gay uh, pedophilia porn on the street. And the court says you must not vilify that. That's homophobia. And in my dad's case, I've actually sent the documents to Chris, proving that, um, you know, I don't know if he's your mate, but uh, nothing but the truth, Mr. Marshall, whatever. Um, you know, he did a hit piece on me saying I'm not wanted for arrest and I'm faking everything. I did a freedom of information request from the government proving that um, there's charges there. And you can see my dad's application for the FOI that he gave to the... Uh, gave to the court in the legal proceedings. So, you know, and the fact, the fact that my dad's being sued, um, you can't really deny. You just type my father's name, Jeff with a G, and the McKee, into the Osley case law database, up it comes. He got a corrupt uh, magistrate recused for having private meetings with the gay child sex normalization activist. What is a gay child sex normalization activist? Someone who has sued two people, my father and John Sunhol, for the crime of linking to two different videos on my YouTube channel. Both of those videos were critical of a gay marriage activist, Mark Newton, or two of them, Mark Newton and Peter Trong. One of them is yours, American, Mark J. Newton, who's got 38 years on a sentence in America. You can look him up on the Bureau of Prisons.gov. And a Vietnamese guy with an Australian passport, they went to Russia, they got the Australian government to break the law, and issue them a passport for a child which is not biologically theirs with fake surrogacy papers. So because the Australian government broke the law, they facilitated that young Russian infant's rape in Australia, New Zealand, France, Germany, and in ending with a top American lawyer raping the boy in America. And, um, and they were published gay marriage activists. Um, there's a link that will, I've made a tiny URL link that goes directly to the CSU Long Beach 49ers student magazine. And there's also something on archive.org where these two gay marriage activists say it's homophobic to, for the Australian, Russian and American governments to, to delay their kidnap and rape of a young boy as Australian government ABC journalists giggle and laugh with the baby rapists. You can see that at archive.org slash details slash two, uh, two dads are better than one with the no spaces and the first letter of each word capitalized. Now, if the court is saying you, if you must not, the court has ruled and held up on appeal that you must not vilify the act of gay marriage activists raping babies. And I put it to, to you people, if you can't vilify something, it is holy. So the court has rule, ruled gay marriage activists cocks up 22-month-old Russian infants is a holy act. And that's just like what the court ruled when they said you must not uh, vilify the satanic sex cult OTO. And if you look at Alistair Crowley's book, Magic and Theory and Practice, it makes, and Mark Dice actually picks up the book 
on his YouTube channel. He actually in a documentary he has on the front page of his YouTube page about Jay-Z. But you go about 10 or 15 minutes into that, you can actually see him holding up the book and, he, and it makes it very, the book is, is no amb ambiguous, nothing is ambiguous. It's very clear that this religion is about raping and killing young boys. And in, in the, the main book, which is equivalent to the Satanic Bible in the OTO, uh, the Book of the Law, um, it, it says, you know, sacrifice a child after a cattle, end quote. And like, you've, got, you've got idiots like uh, Adam, Adam hey, versus the man. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you have your own channel? Uh, I do, and I'm actually I'm do, I'm taking it one and better. And you have shows? When's your next? Hold on. Hold on. What, when's your show? Uh, I'm actually in a, in a hiatus right now. I'm, I had to move my server from Linode in America to Russia because I'm, I'm an IT guru as well. As a, as a, and um, I have detected that oh, my... Oh, you don't say. I, I'm serious. I have detected... Oh, that, you sound pretty smart to me. Um, I'm, I'm just, just a regular guy. I have detected that an illegal search was carried out on my Linode two weeks after Gary Burns sent... Oh, sorry, two days after Gary Burns sent an email saying the New South Wales police are monitoring me. And I detected the system clock and the Linux system had frozen and that the block I.O., some threads doing block I.O., had uh, had died and I and my system I can my system was frozen for 1,422 seconds. I got all the forensic evidence and they're denying there was a search warrant. So this could be one of those new CISPA in America um, uh, uh, indemnities where uh, cloud providers and websites can uh, do illegal do illegal search and seizure without a warrant and. Um, I, I'm going to actually make a big blog about that and put out all the uh, forensic evidence and, and try and see if anyone else can uh, replicate not, another scenario. I'm asking scenario. if you could possibly save what you're saying right now for your show. I was hoping yeah. to hear what the host of this show had to say. Yeah, I, but, I um, okay, but I'm night, just saying but I mean, my point what, what, about... We're not moving on my thing anymore. I'm just saying that... point, though, man. Like, make it, you know... Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, I'm, moving to, I'm moving victimsofgaybullying.com to... Uh, to Russia, St. Petersburg, uh, where, it's, where, where there is, because there is no free speech in America right now. And uh, a lot of people get offended by what I'm saying with, the, with our government saying you must respect baby rape, but this is actually case law, that people are being sent to jail for nine months in the, in the case of the OTO case versus Le Leg and Divine. And my, my own family is being persecuted, and my friends are being persecuted. And, uh, do you I want, do you want help writing legal documents? Are you looking for help? Do you need assistance? Well, uh, Chris, has, Chris, Chris has got my consent to send that email I gave to him to anyone else here. I just thought I'd make it make a present uh, because the guy on nothing but the truth said nothing but lies, and uh, I and I've been accused of being a hoax, and I and I I challenge anyone to debunk the claims I've made. But no, I don't. Uh, I don't claim. really have. I don't. Yeah, I don't have really a lot to add to that because I'm not familiar with that so i wouldn't be able to to go into that too much so uh yeah but i you know i appreciate you bringing that up and um that you know that yeah i guess you know that stuff goes on and we got this uh oh you know you know i've talked about this before and uh and so you know i let aussie would say his piece there and uh yeah i appreciate you bringing that up and uh uh, I, I mean, I, 
my position on all this, and I've I've said it before, is that yeah, you you got uh, this thing called the government, or whatever you want to call it, or the rulers, or people that defer to these authorities, and uh, yeah, they're up to all kinds of shenanigans. I don't really doubt it too much that you know this the stuff is now being promoted that is you know uh just just totally off the wall and totally ridiculous and uh they pretty much do what they want you know with their positions of authority and uh none of that is ever going to change period as long as people believe in authority and believe in rulers and believe in powers and don't ever ask questions of why they're in power or why they have the right to tell me that I can't, uh, for instance, smoke pot, which I don't smoke pot, but if I wanted to smoke pot, I got this people identified as government that are going to tell me, Chris, you can't smoke pot. Well, who the fuck are you? And why are you telling me what I can and can't do? But, you know, uh, the only reason why they're, in the position to do such a thing is because they're part of a cult that will resort to violence to get their will imposed upon you. And that is just that simple. And if they want to bring in homosexuality, they want to bring in gay marriage, they want to do whatever this, that, and the other thing, well, hey, as long as people defer to their authority, then who are you to tell them not to? Just keep sucking it up, keep taking their shit, keep bowing to them, keep genuflecting to them, keep doing what they tell you, keep setting your blocks black, keep setting them forward when they tell you, just follow, do what they say, and then, uh, yeah, and then don't be surprised when something ridiculous comes <laughs> out like that, because that's well, right, just the nature of to remember To be educated, and remember, there's three systems of courts in the United States that are different, need to be investigated Yeah, and they're all equally invalid because there is no logical, philosophical, or whatever you want to call it. There is no rational or reasonable foundation to have this thing called government because, you know, many other people have pointed out and they call themselves, you know, voluntarist or whatever they want to call themselves is fine. I mean, I, but you know, they bring up some very good points. Like, you know, if you don't talk about people like, uh, oh, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Well, there's uh, Larkin Rose. There's guys like him. And there's uh, a, a guy I like to listen to a lot, Mark Stevens, and he brings this up a lot. And there's, you know, they make references to the people like writers like uh, Lysander Spooner. And uh, I mean, you know, I, Are you- I, I'm i not a follower of any of those people, but I I concur with them because they bring up some really valid points about this thing called the law and the thing called the government. And, uh, you know, uh, how is it, maybe you can answer this question. I mean, you're making references to these courts like, okay, so if, oh, I'm sorry. What is your name? Caller from California. It's Donaldson. Donaldson. Yep. So Donaldson, do you think me, Chris in Oklahoma, like if, uh, so you got some, maybe some, a particular category of plant. I'm not saying you do, but I'm, this is purely hypothetical. Let's say if you're growing marijuana in your backyard, you think just me as an individual. if I have them in my backpack right now? Let's say you have it in your backpack right now. 
And okay. let's say let's that say. like we're 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 going down the road on a bus, and then like you go in there to get your uh, you know your you know Brave New World novel out of there, and I look in your bag and I see that you have a you have this unauthorized substance. Now let's say that you know there is no laws, just hypothetically, and I particularly just don't like the idea that you're smoking pot, Donaldson, and I take it okay. upon myself to like reach into your bag, take that out, throw you down on the on the floor of the bus, stick my knee into the back of your neck. I'm not saying right. I'm physically able to even like do that. It's all hypothetical. But do you think that, like, what would you think about that scenario at that point? Would you think this guy is absolutely off his rocker? He's fucking nuts. Absolutely. Yeah, totally nuts. And I, actually, I, if it was a communist look, country, I'd, then I well, think it would be okay. Well, if it's any kind of, any kind of, it doesn't matter what it is, but Okay, so we are told that okay, the government represents the people, and they represent, and they and they, and they perform functions that um, are you know that they all they all extend off this thing called the Constitution, which everybody acquiesces to and volunteers for, and they do those things on our behest, right? That's that's the idea, that's the concept, correct? So if I don't if I don't have the right to do that to you just as an individual on my own volition, how do I then enable to um, actually take uh, take something that I don't have a right to do and delegate that to somebody right. else, and then they have rights to do things to people that I never have the right to do, and then right. supposedly I'm told that I delegated that right to them? How does that right. make well, sense? Logic. Let me let me explain it to you. Okay. The, most of the governments today are run by municipalities, and these municipalities actually are treated as private citizens, okay, under law, and they can be sued, okay? Now, now state and federal are actually sovereign entities, right? You can't, it's really difficult to sue a state, from what I understand, although the state does uh, settle. Um, but these, the, the governments are, are private you see what I'm saying? So, so the and it's it's kind of it's weird, you know, because it started out as if as a private contract between the people, and there is there is a, like a semi trust involved, but figuring out who the trustee is, I think, is going to be the mystery for everybody, you know. Because interestingly, we've heard that the government is the trustee, or, or I'm sorry, the fiduciaries, right? And then we've also heard that we are the trustees, and it's our and then we can assign that uh, authority over to others. But, um, you know, the, the way the country is established, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, I mean, there's a clear forfeiture of your honor and your life and your fortune uh, if you're presumed to be at least uh, pledged to the, to the United States of America. So go ahead if you want. Well, I mean, what you're referring to, though, is fictional constructs that don't exist in reality. And well, they, they may not. They may not. And let me, let me interject. And, but, however, that is what is being used against a lot of the people. Wouldn't you agree to that? Yeah, but it's a mind fuck. It's not. It's, okay. There's no I'm tangible not, base. Yeah. There's no empirical basis for any of it. It's just, so it's, it's a game, just, right? It's just word salad, man. I mean, yeah, it's a game. Like yeah. you can say, well, this is the fiduciary of that or this is that. But if you, if you boil it down to basic common sense and logic, you know, where, you know, you can ask somebody, okay, if, you know, if, if I don't have the right to um, 
enforce my will upon you to get you to not, you know, consume weed or whatever it is, or maybe you have a bottle of booze or something. And I just don't like that. And, uh, even though maybe like you think that you have a right to do it, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to impose my will upon you. Let's say I, I well, travel look, with a gang or a group, it's of, like, a group, a group of guys that you overpower most individuals. And I go ahead and say, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and set up an, an, an enforcement, uh, uh, you know, posse. And we're going to go oh. ahead and, you know, we're going to, anybody that's buying beer or purchasing alcohol, we're going to take them down and we're going to take their shit and we're going to kick their ass. And that's the way yeah. it's going to be. They, you okay. would clearly think that that was out of line, ridiculous, absurd, wrong, uh, criminal, right? I mean, any normal person I think would. Well, yeah, but you have no constitutional, no really, really strong constitutional right to be left alone as an individual. And this is common knowledge in, the, in that most of the uh, the Constitution protects against actions by the government, not by private individuals, which is why we have a lot of private corporations running the everything, you see? Because private actors, the Constitution doesn't apply to that. I mean, states can adopt fundamental rights, things that they deem to be fundamental, but then even so, Congress still has no authority to delegate its rulemaking uh, powers to agencies. It's not in the Constitution. So, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. What, what powers do they have the right to delegate? Well, they, Congress has the right, Congress apparently, according to the Constitution, has the authority to create rules for the government. Um, and for, you know, the different uh, branches of the military and, and uh, or I guess, you know, in gen some, some general welfare stuff. Uh, yeah, so, but they don't actually get to make rules for private individuals. And that's why a lot of actions by the government, you have to be criminal in order to have yeah. some sort of action against you by the government. Go ahead. I don't know why that is the case. I mean, why is that the case? I mean, so I you're saying you have to be criminal, and then then some then this thing called the government is like then they have a right to take action against you if you're criminal. But see, who defines who who is a criminal and who is not? Mm. You, know, you, you know that. I mean, Absolutely. you'd have to. Okay, you, if you say the word criminal, that could mean the guy that brought lobsters from uh, Paraguay and like in a, in an instance where, you know, I've, I've heard about this, he didn't have them in the correct shipping container. And that's the only, his only crime, but he was a criminal, was brought up on charges, lost his business, got criminal fines and penalties and was pro prosecuted under some obscure law that governed Puerto Rico or something like that. But he was a criminal as defined by the quote unquote authorities. So you have hmm. to you have to have a solid definition of what a criminal is before that. And also, can I add to what you're saying by saying we should bring in this other person after I say this, uh, that, that all crimes are commercial under the United States Code, too. You know, so like this whole this whole thing that maybe possibly let's say you have a bag of Coke, you know, or t 10 bags of Coke separately bagged up on you and you all of a sudden get swooped up on by undercovers in an unmarked car. Right, uh, mm -hmm. and they pass you down, and you go to jail for possession with intent. Right, 
well, where's the injured party? And and not only that, I mean, there's really no there's really no crime happening there. They're just going to go on a completely statutory scheme and 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 kind of limit your 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 remedy to a statutory remedy unless you waive your right to be tried in a venue authorized by statute. Yeah, but that, you know, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, well, you know, this is classified as common law. This is classified as statutory law. This is is classified as constitutional law. And, you know, I mean, if if you're going to uh, make those distinctions of law and which, you know, and and you're going to try to define, okay, which ones are valid, which ones are not valid, you got you really got your work cut out for you, man. I mean, you're you've got Thank a you. lot of parsing and a lot of uh, <laughs> differenti- differentiations to make and stuff like that. And then you know you got to ask yourself what, what 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 is your objective criteria for doing so? I mean, what what is your objective empirical basis well, that you can make these uh, distinctions? I just I am actually a, a learning what the, they teach the lawyers. I've taken it upon myself to go and look at some bar review books. So I am reviewing civil, Roman civil law for stuff, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is all stuff that they teach the lawyers. And so a lot of lawyers are just strictly statutory. The common law is more of a case law thing. And so getting both sides, you know, I had some some family things that I need to take care of, so I wanted to. I started doing a law study, and uh, it just kind of went from there. I just kind of went into all these other different areas of of interest. But uh, well, one one. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I'm getting some horrendous. What's this lady? Hang on, just one second. Okay. Yeah, California. That was on your end. You got a bad connection, dude. Uh, see what you can do about that, and then uh, hit star eight. I'll try to bring you back on. But Rochelle, you wanted to say something? Oh, well, I mean, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I was just going to say that you know, it's. I mean, what's the point? It seems like to be a lawyer and to go through all the um, you know language manipulation. Like the whole point of that is just to manipulate people and to you know to use them. Um, by swaying swaying them with confusing words, it's like, I mean, when it really comes down to it, what it is is it's all basically BS. And I mean, yeah, what's crime? What's a criminal? Basically, it's all just a perception. It's all in your head, and it, you know, yeah. somebody defines that, and somebody somebody makes up, you know, um, the constructs of what a crime is, and 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 what you do if this happens, and what you know, who is that person and, and what gives that person the authority to do that, you know? And so basically, I mean, well, right. no yeah. and, and, you know, not to interrupt you there, but I just want to throw this in there. It's like, well, who has the right to do it? So we're told that we live in a democracy, right? That's what we're supposed to be living in, in a democracy where, what? you know, we operate, the government operates by the consent of the government, the governed, you know, us, right? So, you know, when we go vote and we go, uh, you know, pay our tax and do all that stuff, we're we're recognizing the authority of the government, and therefore they can act on our behalf. Well, if they're acting on our behalf, 
how it is how is it they have magical rights that no individual has so how do i delegate a right to somebody who if i don't have those rights myself in other words like if i can't enforce my preferences about alcohol or whatever it happens to be and impose my will upon somebody else physically out on the street then how do i Mm -hmm. delegate that right that i don't possess as an Mm -hmm. individual and give it to Mm -hmm. a cop so that he can do it so how do i give something to somebody that i don't have because chris if i if i give you this candy bar in my pocket then i no longer have it and now you have it and so you know Oh, I used to have it, but I don't have it anymore you because it. I, no longer, I, I made that transaction some time yeah, ago. The transaction has been made. It's only it's a you know it's a balancing process. So um, basically, um, they have to give that candy bar back to us, and uh, it's it's pretty much chewed up. So I don't know how that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, we got some bad uh, static on the line. I think that's coming from your end. Okay. I am on speakerphone, so I shall mute myself. Okay. All right. (laughs) Sorry about that. Is it is it still bad or? Uh, now it stopped. So yeah, it just for a while there it was just going on this really really bad static. I don't know what's happening. Thought it was I think that's just my voice. I think that's just my voice, Chris. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a very good radio voice, so. <laughs> yeah, now it's breaking up again. I'm Donaldson. I'm back online. I'm going to mute myself out here so, so we can see how it sounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that is, it's really disruptive. So try to try to get this resolved. Now it's quiet. Now it's all is. All is pretty level and quiet. And Western front was mm-hmm. just. Is, is it me or how, how do I sound? I thought it was California, and then I unmuted. I muted him, and then I unmuted you, and then it came back. So okay, all right. Maybe it's the maybe it's the uh, Mossad or whatever. I don't know. It's all of a sudden just starts happening, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it seems like it's okay now. But yeah, go ahead. And, what were you saying? Uh, in the chat room, I just typed in that you. I was about to type in you don't need a license to practice law in in common law, but only under statute. I don't know if you. That's pretty common knowledge, right, guys? I don't know about that. I you know I mean. What do you mean by practice law is what, I guess, it's a good question. Like, like so if you want to get in there. you practice at home in the privacy of your own home? I mean, you can't go to court with that. I mean, you can't bust up in there and say, I'm I'm, I'm common law Donaldson and I'm here to do some law stuff. They'll laugh at you and send you on your way. you got to be Bar Association, uh, British well, Reg- you have to have Registry like Accredited, standing. right? Yes, yeah, standing. That's the word called standing. I mean, that you're talking about. It's a legalese term. It just means you have, uh, you know, ability. You can, you, you, you know, you got, uh, you can, you can be there, and uh, you know what you're doing. You're not going to yeah, injure anyone. Yeah, but you anyone. don't have to have. But I mean, let me, let me point something yeah. out. You don't have to have any kind of a designation to know what you're talking about. 
Like I can go into a court right now and I could probably maybe give them a run for their money, but I'm not going to claim to be any kind of a lawyer or an attorney. I'm just going to just maybe break out some just basic level reason and logic and common sense, maybe. But see, that's going to make them, that's going to make their, that's going to make their fucking head ring. And, you know, it's because it, because the, and the, I'm not, so that, not, not saying that I'm some special, uh, you know, logic, logician or whatever. I'm not even saying that, but I'm just saying that the, the premise that the whole thing is based on is so, uh, nonsensical that even to introduce a little bit of logic and reason into the process is disruptive. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause it has no really, it ha- really has no basis for it. it. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, sensible. It's not reasonable. It's not logical. Uh, there's, it, it's really arbitrary and it's, and it, and it pretty much what happens is the people who are in charge of that process, they, make it up as they go. I'm not saying that they make the whole procedure and law up entirely out of whole cloth. They have certain set sort of parameters and guidelines that they operate within. But there is so much, there is so many variables and so many points of law or points of code or whatever that they pick and choose and do that at, at, their, at their will arbitrarily and impose what they want and they discard what they don't want based on whatever particular set of circumstances that is in front of them at the time. So if somebody comes into court and then they have all this kind of stuff that they want to present to the court and have the court address, sometimes the, the, the people who are running the court in the interest of, you know, ramrodding you through the system may dismiss your case and may give you uh, a, a temporary pass and send you home and drop and dismiss your case because they simply don't want to deal with it because their consideration is to get the next get the next sheep in the chute and shear them and get them on their way and you're 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 bucking and you're going sideways in the chute and just like a good uh, sheep herder will do sometimes they just like will pick you up and toss you over the fence and you go back out to pasture and you're grazing and you still got your uh, nice fleecy coat for the time being until the until the next go around and then you kick and buck and then and then sometimes they go ahead and shear you anyway sometimes they let you out it's 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 that's that's probably the best analogy that i can come up with but if if you're thinking that you found some kind of a magical formula or something like that um i i i would beg to differ on that i i don't <laughs> think there is such a thing i really don't it's funny that you say that because Everything is for me re- just regurgitation. I'm, I'm not doing anything more than reading to you or quoting what these books are claiming to say is the procedure for things. So, like for example, constitutional limitations on personum in personum jurisdiction. I mean, this book goes into detail about that. You know, so. There's quite a bit of information here, actually, and 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 you know what? This is an English-speaking country, so uh-huh. I'm the first person to say that when you're using Latin, and, and you know, in my defense, and I'm an and I'm an American and claiming to be a citizen, yeah, I can't even do that. That's not even legal. This country is an English-speaking well, country. What do you? What does that mean, legal? What's the, <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? 
Like, if you think about yeah, what, what, is the, to you what, guys, what could possibly be the purpose for that, though? Let's, okay, listen. let's stop for a minute and, and analyze First of all, for a minute. What, what is the purpose of using Latin that when you're, that when you're in an English-speaking country? Like what? Exactly. Okay, so we're in an English-speaking country, exactly. and everybody uses the English to communicate. And then you go into a court, and all of a sudden they're using Latin. Now, what is the purpose for that? I mean, mm-hmm. other than to... Uh, for a presentation of sorts and to bamboozle you and to confuse you and to get you into unfamiliar waters so that you are off kilter and then you can be more e- easily manipulated. That, that's, why I, that's why you use Latin that, in a court. You know, that's why they use Latin in a court because there's no other reason to. And otherwise, okay, if you can't speak English, then you've got problems. I mean, if you can't communicate what you mean in English, then why are you even trying to, you know, be an attorney right. or whatever, you know, why, why use Latin? Well, for me, that's obvious because it's, 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 it's to bamboozle you and to confuse you and to get you in, in, into, um, into an arena where you don't know which end is up and that you can be manipulated and you can be uh, screwed around. It seems intimidating almost too, doesn't it? It seems almost authoritative because, you know, any they could go in there speaking any language and you would almost kind of bow down to them and they would seem like they were kind of gods because you had no idea what they were speaking of. So, I mean, yeah. to, to, to use something that seems so similar but is yet so confusing is um, super manipulative. So. I hear you guys. You're not, you're, not, not, you're not saying anything that's not true. I mean, but I want you to know that they did teach us all the Constitution when we were in, you know, did you guys go to public school? I know no, I did. did not. Did anyone else uh, go to public school besides me? I'm the only one. I'm the only one that went to public sponsored school. I mean, well, in public sponsored school, yeah. they uh, they teach you about the Constitution, right? You have an opportunity to read it. I guess you're young, and they don't really drill you with it, right? But they supposedly teach us that stuff when we're in school, and just the same way they teach us how to <laughs> use words. We were exposed to it. We weren't taught it. We were exposed to it. There you go. That's a better way of putting it. So I, I totally agree that the system is rigged. That's the way I would put it. After looking at this information and, and being, you know, I was separated from my parents when I was three years old by the, uh, this entity called the state of California. Okay, stories, yeah. You know, that's pretty sad. But I only bring that up just to say that's the kind of influence <laughs> that they actually had on my entire life, it was completely criminal, you know, to, 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 that's, you can't come in with your statutory and then pull me in to your jurisdiction. I'm here with my family, you see. So, so what they're really doing is mixing jurisdictions, you know. I believe that the Constitution's intent was pure, but it has been watered down with the advent of the Internet. Just to say a little bit about that. You know what I mean, guys? Like, you can't... Not really. Uh, okay, so there's civil law, right? That's statutory stuff, right? It's Roman civil law, statutes. And then you have your common law, which is like case law. No, but none right? of this judges, means anything to judges us, Judges' decisions. The whole thing, well, that's, common law, statute law, I mean, yeah. you could have, you know... Are you saying that those are just words to you? Do you, you know that these are legal yeah. systems going on around you, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter how deep you go into it. At the base of it, it's totally ridiculous. It means nothing. So I don't care to how you, many times you... That's a good opinion. I love your opinion. Mm-hmm. But that's not the... The truth is, you're affected by Thank these you. systems. I'm trying to help you. Okay. okay? We're all affected by this. I'm, a, you know... I'm, a, I'm my wrong thing, now because you're trying to help me. Okay. I am. Trying to help myself, too, actually. I'm trying to learn from others. But ultimately... Mm-hmm. I think ultimately that because we're subjected to it, we might as well, I'm trying to play the game, you see. Since it's rigged. Yeah, but I don't play know. games. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't play games. That's the whole point. That's what I'm trying to what? say. So you never the played a point of game? Doing, I don't play, I do not play games. When I, when I choose to play games for, for yeah. fun, for free time, I play games. But if I don't want to enter into the game, like voting, like what's coming up in 2016, it's a game. People say that you just got to play the game. I don't play games. So, I mean, that's not an option for me. I mean, none none of it makes any sense to me. It's pointless, basically. It's like watching football. I mean, I know it's enjoyable for a lot of people, but, I mean, it's pointless. It's a a game. Right. I got you. Well, you know what? Um, There's games being played all around us, and they're using their their intellect. Live action games, isn't it? It's like the strongest will survive, right? media. It's the new media, isn't it? This whole thing about games, isn't it? What's where your you name? Get to interact, where you get to interact with people who are part of the story. That you, you believe in your name? My yeah, name hold, on, yeah, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, California. Yeah, uh, you got Southern California. I wanted to see who this is. Like, who's Southern California? Are you on? Yeah, I guess they're muted. Are you still there, Rochelle? I am. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to really go into law and common law and Roman uh, Roman statutory law. Yeah, you've torn that apart. You've torn that apart, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, like I've had, okay, so, you know, you you know, the gentleman said his piece and then that's good and then, you know, I... You know, because I've been down this road before multiple times, uh, I really don't know what's so hard to understand about trying to get, uh, you know, a, a foundational basis for what you're talking about, which is, you know, if you're talking about law, you need to, you need to, you know, Take a look at your premise that you're basing it on, and and ask yourself all you know, those questions. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I, I mean that's a pretty straightforward question. It's like, okay, how do I delegate an authority that I don't have myself, or that know that you know if I would do the same thing that a cop does, I would be looked upon as a, a an insane person, a criminal, a thug, even or a or a bully, or a, you know a ne'er do well. You're a white criminal. Long, in other words, yeah. So, how 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 am I able? I, again, how am I able to hand that authority over to somebody when I don't never had that authority myself? To my knowledge, did I do it when I was an infant? And they put my foot on my birth certificate with an E, and then that that said, yeah, you, you as an infant, Chris, can do this and that, but by putting this ink blot on this piece of paper you've delegated it now to the quote-unquote government Mm. i mean when did that when did that transaction take place again i don't 
I can't forget. There was only one candy bar, Chris, and your great, 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 great grandparents gave it away, and it's now yeah. My great grandparents can give away my candy to whoever they want, and I never can get my candy. It's a fucking good bar, and that shit's fucking delicious. Yeah, I don't understand any of that though. I don't know how that. I I can sign a contract today, and then my great, 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 great grandson, if I had kids, would have to. Uh, deal with that many multiple generations down the road and then oh yeah your great 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 grandpa signed this contract by the way and allows me to uh, come to your house and uh, you have to give me a, a bag of wool on the third moon of every quarter moon or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making up nonsense because that's what all of this stuff is. It's bull crap and it's nonsense and it doesn't make any damn sense. Only in the case of law does it make sense and it doesn't make sense even in that case, but people insist that it makes sense, but they are not making sense. Am I making sense? Did you say the third moon of every quarter moon? Or the third quarter moon of the third quarter, uh, third okay. quarter moon, right? I'm writing that down that, on special paper right now, and we can all sign that. Sign off on it. Initiate it into mm-hmm. law. I mean, and what are going to do when they wake up in the morning? <laughs> if we had enough people to enforce <laughs> it, it would be law. That's what? the way it no, works. I mean, just... I mean, if we had enough cult members. We just the, need people the, on this call. The quarter moon, the quarter moon sheep wool cult, and we insist we that everybody to... keeps the sheep and cheers yes. them and has a bag of wool ready for us on the third quarter moon or whatever. And we show up at your door and you don't have it, and you get your, uh, and we we pull a knot on your head or do a rough you up or whatever. I bet you we would get a lot of wool. But it would just, we we'd have to get a critical mass of cultists that are willing yeah. to uh, enforce it with violence. I mean, it's just that simple. That's how the law, that's what the law is. That's how it works. You get enough true believers on board and, and they're all willing to use violence against other people to make it happen. That will happen and people will defer to it because they don't want to get their asses kicked. It's real simple. You strip all this stuff down, and it's like it, it just comes down to people following the law because they don't want to get shot. They don't want to get thrown in jail. Yeah. You know, they don't let's, want to go to court. Let's start they with a city full of women and children. We'll be for sure to take over them. <clears throat> if it's anything more than that, I would love to know about it. But it's, from what I understand, it, that's all it is. I mean, you could call it Roman Catholic codified law or common uh, whatever law of law of the the Viking or whatever from way back, and that's the only legitimate law, and that never got uh, properly de-ratified, and we're still under Viking common rule of whatever you want to say. I mean, you got to start making some sense out of this stuff, man. I mean, you can't just... I'm not going to just let people ramble about this stuff anymore. It's just I've already done it, and it's like, okay, we've been there and done that already. And you got to start making sense, man. You can't just come here and just start talking common law and talking codified law and and trying to differentiate the two. There ain't no differentiation, man. It's the same shit. 
it's based on the same crap. It's like, do what I say or I'll bash your freaking skull in and I'll throw you in jail. And that's, that's the end of the story. And you make anything a law. You just, that's all that's set. That's the only criteria you need. You need enough people on board with it to en- enforce that upon people by use of force or implied use of force. Or then it, then it gets to a point where it gets its own momentum and people just follow it because they think that all these little, uh, small minuscule band of people represented as the government ha- actually have the power to enforce all this stuff, but they absolutely don't. And there's absolutely no reason to be afraid of them. And there's absolutely no reason to be fearful of any of this stuff that's going on with these fake shootings and this fake bullshit because it's all fake. And even if it wasn't fake, there's nothing to worry about because there, this government is only represents just very small minuscule people in relation to the rest of the population and to be fearful of it is just absolutely ridiculous. It's stupid. It's, you know, it has no basis in reality. I'll put it that way. I mean, there is no real basis for being fearful of the government at all. Because what are they? They're a group of people, and they and they have this delusion in their head. They're mentally ill. They they if you want to get them to reason through their position, they can't do it without throwing a tantrum many times and. Uh, so what are they to me? Well, they're a bunch of mentally ill people. And, uh, the, the problem is, is that, you know, like I would have with any gang member or anybody else, you, you run across one of them and they have this idea in their head that, you know, oh, you need to pay me money or you need to pay my boss money. And then like, if you end up in that bad situation, then yeah, you have a problem, but until then, you know, you don't have a problem. It's just all exist in your mind. But so let's say I'm walking down the street tomorrow and like a, a, a drug kingpin sees me and he's, he just wants to rough me up and harass me. What can I do about it? I can't really do much about it. Just like I can't do nothing about the, the, the men in black or whatever you want to call them, the police or policy enforcers or whatever that are enforcing commercial code or whatever it is, the Constitution or whatever it is they think they're enforcing. They don't even know their own laws. Ask them and if you doubt me and get them to explain any law. They don't know what the hell they're talking about and they get mad at you if you ask them. So obviously it's not the law that they're concerned about. It's that they have this perceived authority and then there's enough of them where they can create a lot of trouble for you. And that's just like any other gang that's out there. And there's lots of gangs out there, but you'll, you'll be okay as long as you don't cross paths with them on a bad day. It's it's the way things are. I mean, that's, that's that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about anything other than that. I mean, if you want to say that law is legitimate, you got to come out with some kind of logical underpinning for it. Otherwise, you're just blowing smoke. And that's, I'm sorry, but that's 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 the reality of the situation. You got to have some kind of logical basis for it. But it's you know it, there is none. And if you ask for evidence that establishes the authorities that are out there, then they're not going to be able to provide it for you other than do what we tell you or you get in trouble or we'll put you in the world of hurt. And that's what it comes down to. And then that's the appeal to the stick. That's, that's logically fallacious, but that, you know, none of it has to follow logic apparently. And people are cool with it. So that's, that's where we're at. I mean, and yeah, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be, pedophiles on the loose and yeah like like uh the 
caller earlier brought some of that up and pointed that out. And it's like, yeah, well, what else is new? This shit's been going on since the beginning. It probably wasn't going on in Rome, from what I understand, and up until the modern day and probably all in between time, even when we were supposed to be uh, pretty mellowed out and ages or years ago in the 20s or 30s, whatever, all this government abuse was just rampant and they, nobody talked about it. They assumed that everything was legitimate and on the up and up, but it, nothing can be further from the truth. And that's that's what this stuff amounts to. It's like you, you got these people that run the show and they're at the top and they can commit all kinds of vile acts and crimes and stuff like that. And there's nobody to call them on the carpet about it because they're uh, connected in with the quote unquote authorities and everybody accepts that they're authorities. So they get away with literally murder and everything else. And that's what you're going to always have. And will continue to have as long as you have this uh, delusion or this, brain fever or this sickness called government authority and or whatever you want to call it. I mean, some 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 stranger has authority over me because they're wearing a black moo and they sit in this and the the powdered wig man gave them that authority years ago and that's that's absolutely preposterous and ridiculous, but people buy into it because they're brainwashed into it and uh they still think it's legitimate even though it's actually actually absurd. But, um, no, you can't, you can't talk sense into people because they, 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 they think they got a magic code word, uh, it's common law. And once you straighten the judge out that you're, you're following common law, that he's just going to kind of lay back and let you kind of, uh, talk like I let California talk here on the call, but that's, that's not going to happen in court, dude. I'm sorry. They're going to shut you down quicker than you can you can uh, say common law or whatever you want to say. They're going to shut that down. They're going to say it's frivolous or whatever they feel like saying at the time. Uh, pay the fine, pay the court costs. Uh, okay, what if I don't? Well, I'll kick your ass. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I understand that. That's clear plain English. <laughs> do, do you do you um, do you wonder why they didn't teach us um, in the public school system? Uh, concepts of logic and um, just basic reasoning. And no, just kind because of take the system would fall apart if that happened. Exactly, exactly. If exactly. logic, then people, the system would break people, apart. Exactly, yeah, because because basically I think that just applying basic logic and reasoning to just most um, common things in our lives, just anything, um, it kind of makes you a little bit arrogant and you're a little bit haughty and you're a little bit hard to deal with. And so I think that people will be very... Um, combative and they wouldn't just um, go along with a lot of things like let's say you know I, I park my jeep on the side of the road next to my um, apartment complex and um, uh, I move it and then I get a ticket that says I can't park there basically you know like I basically just ignore that parking establishment I, like I don't even recognize that as an authority like I'm supposed to pay $140 for parking my car on the side of the road um, and uh, I'm I'm not going to do that, you know, because basically I don't recognize the uh, parking police as any authority over me, and that's completely ridiculous. Like, I'm not even going to appeal to their courts or anything because it, it it makes absolutely no sense to me. So I guess maybe after seven years, that'll drop off of my um, will that drop off of my my credit or something like that? I don't know, but um, I'm not going to pay it because uh, I don't recognize them as an authority, and I feel like that is just because. Uh, I'm just a little arrogant now because, I mean, in reality, they really do have no authority over me. I mean, because I could just go and um, start filing P- P- 
pieces of paper for everybody parked on the side of the road too and tell everybody that they owed me $140 also. So, um, I don't know. From my, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I can't, you know, because, uh, from my perspective, you know, um, they do owe me $140. So, um, I don't know. Well, Rochelle, we need order in society and can't just have people parking everywhere and, It'd be chaos if we didn't have all these rules and laws and regulations and signs and mm-hmm. codes and statutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're always told. But, like, hey, where's your proof of that? Where, where can you point to me that, you know, somewhere where there's no law and it's absolute? And I, from what I understand, that there are places that are relatively law-free. In other words, there is no governmental presence to really speak of. And yeah, it's not chaos. People get along pretty good. And, uh, but you could point to some other areas where there's lack of law and it's chaotic, but then you have to look at, okay, how did it end up that way? Well, tribal warfare and all that, but that's, that's a different set of circumstances, but you know, you can maybe go to Mexico and say, oh, look at the drug lords, look at the lawlessness and all that. But, hey, you know, they have centralized government just like we have. You know, it's it's kind of more overtly corrupt. But it's, well, yeah, true. and then we have gangs and crime and killings and murders, and we have more pr- people in prison than any other country and nation in the world here in the United States. And uh, a lot of people breaking a lot of laws and... Uh, and then you have these stories about these pedophile rings that operate out of Washington, D.C., and nobody gets in prison over that. And, you know, and like, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I think that's all fiction or not. I think that that probably happens because that's the way our system oh. is set up to like allow people to do that kind of thing. So is, is that not lawlessness or, or chaos and, uh, is that a is that something that's desirable or it's okay as long as we don't hear about it? I guess, you know, as long as it's kept in there. Yeah, but that shit goes on all over the, all over this country and all these institutions mm-hmm. where they lock up juveniles and a lot of these kids are orphans and a lot of these kids don't have intact families and they end up in these institutions and they suffer all kinds of abuse. But see, nobody talks about it and nobody goes to jail for this stuff and you know. Uh, that's order like, and that's uh, civilization. Sorry. I was just going to say, I feel like especially with this whole pedophile thing and almost anything involving like uh, radicalization of uh, people's sex lives and stuff, which, why is everybody so obsessed with what everybody has sex, sex with? You know what I mean? Like that's perverted like in itself, basically. But basically like I feel like, especially with this pedophile thing, I feel like any time that it's, like, in the news and stuff, it's kind of like a, it's just to, like, get the idea in your head, and it's almost like a promotion in itself. It's almost like bad promotion for a celebrity or something, you know? Like, any time that they're talking about it, because they could be talking about anything, really, you know? There's all kinds of things that go on in all kinds of stratospheres of society, you know, that we don't hear about commonly, that they could bring up and make big news, you know? But it just happens to be this transsexual and this, pedophilia um, uh, topic. And so I, I feel like that's um, for a reason, basically, kind of just to get it into our head, especially the transsexual and um, especially that, for sure, you know. 
um, and the pedophilia thing for sure. And I think that it's going to take off even more with bestiality and stuff, you know. And then it's just going to get weirder. I don't even know where you go after that, you know. But it's basically about people being oversexed, I think, and just obsessed with sex in general and what other people are doing and stuff. And it's just like, stop it, dude. Like, take over your fucking basic instincts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, control, like, all your sexual desires and stuff and, you know, your food desires. Just anything that's basic, you know. I think it's so easy to just get sucked into that. Like, you just have to, like... You just have to resist that, basically. It's it's just kind of a, um, it's a huge, uh, it's a revolution of the mind, basically, which is stunning because it all happens inside of your mind. So actually nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, injustices happen and they happen more within this controlled system than could possibly happen without a centralized perceived authority, which I say perceived authority because I don't believe it's an actual legitimate authority. It's it's just the perception of authority that people are conditioned to buy into. But yeah, you could you could have more uh a more potential for more injustice than ever can be realized through a a, a decentralized uh more of a kind of a natural order or a natural system. I mean I think that's obvious on its face. I don't and then you could send troops or whatever you want overseas and have them occupy a country for indefinitely. Basically, that's pretty much what the so-called United States does. And that's supposedly by the will of the people. And, uh, yeah, if you talk to a lot of people and you say, well, what do you think about troops occupying, you know, this or that other country or whatever over there, they're, they're, yeah, they're pretty much all for it. But they have no idea what the real reasons why troops are there and what they're doing there and anything like that. And they probably don't really care to know too much about it, like regarding the poppy fields and making making democracy safe or smack. And they don't want to know anything about any of that kind of stuff. But otherwise, they're 100% on board with it. But yeah, they're 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 for the most part ignorant, and uh, you know they they acquiesce to things that the the government supposedly does on their behalf that they would never dream of doing on their own volition, but you got to ask yourself why that is. Okay. Why not, uh, come to my house and point a gun to my head. If I put something to my, my mouth that you don't think I should be ingesting and do it on your own volition and your own chutzpah and take it upon yourself to, to come to me and, you'll probably get a big surprise waiting for you and it won't go well with for you, but you know, you're more than happy to have a SWAT team do it. And that is perfectly fine and acceptable and moral and right. You know what I mean? So that doesn't make any damn sense. Some they would never dream of doing on their own. That's more than happy to let troopers do it for them. You know, and they would never go into Iraq and start raising a ruckus and doing that on their own volition, go buy a plane ticket and fly over to Iraq and start shooting up this place. But no, hire people to go do it. And that's cool because it's about these concepts of freedom and democracy and all this other abstractions that really have no clear definition. 
and they don't really mean anything. They're just buzzwords that people uh, react and respond to viscerally and reflectively, reflexively, and they don't really know why they react that way, but they they just do because that's what the culture does and that's what everybody else does, and they raise the flag and you stand up and salute it and you stand when they do the national anthem at the sporting events and you have no clue what you're doing or no idea what it's about or ever thought for a second about the logical premise of any of it, just go along to get along. And that's what it amounts to. It's like nothing substantive about it. It's just all, uh, like you're saying, Rochelle, it, it exists between people's ears and nowhere else. And it's no different from any other cult except for, you know, once you're big enough, you, I guess you're no longer classified as a cult. But if you look, I guess, through history and you say, well, okay, look at this period of time period, it's relatively short, I guess, in the scope of history or how far back history goes, I don't know. But whatever assessment of it, it's, this is a brief interlude of history, the 200 years that this so-called country has existed. And you know, so if you take it from that perspective and that context and you look at the people involved and compared to all the people that ever live, yeah, it would be a short period with not that many people, relatively speaking, if you're comparing it to everybody who's ever lived. And so by that definition, it falls soundly and securely within the definition of a cult. And it's nothing but a cult. It's nothing more. You can't make any differentiation from the United States of America and the belief in it and its laws and its constitution, you, you cannot make any solid delineation between that and Scientology or Mormonism or Baha Gavita or Hare Krishna or any other cult. Try try it. Try it as an Athada exercise to see if you could take out its basic tenets and its underlying premises and make a clear differentiation between that and the cult of America or the cult of any kind of nation state or any belief in it or any belief in its so-called laws or rulers or leaders or anything like that. And there is no difference. There is no discernible logical or otherwise difference. I think Paul is on the call. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, man, how you doing, man? I'm doing you got okay. Any, do you want to go on a tirade? <laughs> I'm kind of riding, riding away with this uh, law dialogue here. Uh, I mean, it's a, you know, you're mentioning pretty complicated issues about the individual and the state. Um you know, I <laughs> so you know, like there's uh and and yeah, the difference between you know like the you know relig you know religious groups and uh, organized crime. I, I I mean, I think that's kind of my um, uh, conclusion um, is uh, there's a close connection between organized crime and the state. And organized crime and and uh, the military, um, and uh, you know I, I think that in the end you just got to say there's just bad stuff in the world, 
and um, you know there's a and that needs to be respected. It's just that you know there's people who will do you serious harm, uh, be they you know just individuals acting on their own, or be they uh, individuals acting on you know behalf of a uh, a, a larger organization and. I think it is an issue in human life that you need protection because you, you, you are vulnerable as a human to, uh, to such harm. And, 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 yeah, you would like to minimize that and you'd like to minimize, uh, you know, like the harm done to your, you know, you can get it in your head to, you know, join the Army and go to Vietnam. Right, you can get you know that's that's harm too, right? It's probably not in your best interest. I'm just using that as a metaphor, but I think you see what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but you'll do it under social pressure. That will probably be the main driver. It's yep. that everybody around you yep. has bought into the delusion, and you get swept up in it, and then it's like you get a great high degree of social pressure. And then you could go back and read some uh, history about, oh, uh, there was the, uh, uh, what was it called? Something with a white feather. And it was back, I think, during World War One. The Order of and the Feather. I've got it written on my yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that they would have, a, uh, so... Usually they chose like attractive young women to put a white feather right. uh, on somebody who like didn't was wasn't going along with joining up and getting their ass shot off in the war. Right. So it was a way to publicly shame and humiliate young men. And what better uh, person in society to shame and humiliate a young man and will be attractive young lady, right? So, you know, the brainwashed young, attractive young woman would go and put a white feather in your hat if you were not willing to go get your shot, ass shot off or some ridiculous, stupid cause that nobody can explain to you logically. You know, okay, why should I go to war again? Oh, they did this and that and the other. Well, what is that to me? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take a pass. But, you know, you get publicly <laughs> yeah. shamed. I don't think I'd like to participate in World War One if that's at all possible. Thank you, though. Yeah, and there's accounts of, like, people getting the white feather treatment, and there was a couple of good ones where they just really gave them the... <laughs> They gave them a piece of their mind and pointed out and then turned the tables on the on the young woman doing it and publicly shaming humiliating her. But that was few and far between. But for the most part, it was probably very, very effective. And it's just social pressures, coercion and manipulation. And, you know, that that kind of thing makes me as a individual very extremely angry. So... I, yeah. I would, probably would react very, very differently than uh, most people would react to it. But see, I, I, uh, you know, it's like that is a that is a criminal act against an individual to do something like that to them. You know, it's like that it is. is wrong on every measure. Of very what serious wrong is. crime. 
And not, not just a light crime, but a, but a very serious crime. I would just simply ask them, okay, you, you think I should go to war. Well, you, okay, you need to break down exactly why that you think so. You know, obviously, you're participating in this in public shaming campaign. Why don't you explain exactly why I need to go to war, and then we'll go from there. But you know, it, it has nothing to do with that. There, there needs to be no why. It's like, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. That's what everybody's doing. And I, I definitely grew up in a, you know, uh, a society. I, you know, I, I, where I, you know, like it wasn't. I, I'm fortunate in that my generation. Um, I, I mentioned this often. I, you know, for all that the ills that I've had to undergo, I have never been shot at. Uh, I have never um, uh, been confronted with uh, uh, something like a like a draft for Vietnam or a draft for World War One or a draft for World War Two. Um, I've never, you know, like I I I and it doesn't look. I mean, now I'm 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 old enough that I'm not gonna be drafted unless they. I mean, you know, <laughs> it'd have to be pretty serious to draft me at this point. Uh, but I, I do, I would imagine that there have been times in history where, you know, any uh, 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 healthy man would, would be swept up in war. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, I, the society that I grew up in, I, I could definitely see that, uh, you know, there, you know, like whatever war was coming down the pike, if they, as long as the government was behind it, um, they were gonna they were gonna support it without question, and they and what's more, they were gonna make you feel, you know. And it's not I, I think this order the order the feather thing is a is a um, you know dramatic example, but I think probably what's more what's more dramatic is if you're, you know you're you're you know anybody close like a like parents or siblings or or what have you you know you know or see you as a as a coward. And see you as not, um, you know, like a, you know, draft dodger, something like that. Uh, so, you know, and I definitely, you know, like as I said, I'm fortunate that that never actually happened. But I could certainly see that it was there, and um, yeah, I did react to that. And um, you know, it's, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention from the from a, a, a few shows ago, and this is relevant here, and I wanted, you know, uh, I, I want to get this off my chest. Um, you know, we're talking about, I think, in a, in a call, and this comes up from time to time, with something like uh, something like Sandy Hook, which I don't know that much about, but I, you know, I, I feel like that the, you know, there's enough. Um, uh, 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 open clues there, or you could take 9/11 or any uh, number of these things where it's just like there's a, you know obvious flaws, um, and um, you know you say you know why it, it almost seems like they're they're so obvious that uh, you know they're 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 leaving these these things there on. On purpose. Um, so, um, and you and you and you wonder why that is. And then I heard uh, somebody uh, who was that talk about that. Uh, 
that guy, that that musician, he's been on the afternoon commute. What, what's his name? He 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 did that series with Dion Urban. Um, uh, Hans Utter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hans Utter, and uh, he was talking about something that he read somewhere else called the Revelation of the Method, and uh, uh, that's uh, you know like I. I had heard that before, and it really struck home when he talked about that. And so the idea is, is they're telling you what's going. They're telling you you're being conned. It's a it's a form of a of a you know they're they're in in some ways telling you that uh, you know this is all this is all a big con, and 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 um, but you're going to go along with it. Um, and once You've bought in. I, I, I'm not quite sure how to verbalize what the exact psychological technique there is, but I think it, there's something there. And also, the little research I've done online about this is, you know, people people kind of make fun of that idea, but I, I found it quite resonant. And you know, so something like, um, uh, well, let's just say 9/11. I think that's easier than 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 Sandy because it's more more obvious. So you know, it's like okay, well, you know, we just ran these two planes into into buildings and they collapsed from the planes. And there's something kind of unreal about that all. And they're they're kind of signaling to you that that's not, that it is unreal, but that you're going to believe that anyway. Or, or the moon landed, right? It's, I mean, that's another thing. It's like okay, well. You know, like there's, you know, you see some of that footage of the moon landing where there's a camera on the moon that's like tracking up as the module is taking off from the moon. And, you know, so there's a part of your mind that's like, that's ridiculous. But, but they want you to believe that they're leaving that ridiculousness in there because now you're, it's like a, a, a I guess the the Stockholm syndrome or something like that, you know, where like like now you're invested in the con, right? And in order for you to 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 disbelieve it, then you're gonna oh, have to uh, hang uh, okay. Man, I was getting a lot of uh static on the line here. Are you still on, Paul? I'm on. Was that I wasn't coming through clear? Uh, no, for a second there, it got really, uh, really noisy on the line. I don't know what, what, and then somebody dropped off, and I couldn't see who it was, and then it stopped. So oh, now, am it's, I, now, I'm, it's, now you're coming I'm better now? Here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I was just talking about the, you know, like once about the con, about this idea of being conned by, you know, I mean, it's relevant to everything we're talking about now, the law, um, uh, the draft. And um, uh, a, a lot of different, you know, some, you know, something like 9/11. Um, am I clear now? More than I'm not. I'm, you, you can hear me fine now, right? Yeah, I'm getting uh, now. It stopped. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. It's like getting a lot of noise on the line. You you don't hear anything? No, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Are uh, you on there, Damon? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Is that kind yeah, of? I don't think it is. Uh, I don't know where exactly it's coming from, but it's like really, it gets really loud for a minute and then it stops. Like it's some kind of uh, like a clicking noise, staticky clicking noise, and then it just stops all of a sudden. Like right now, I don't hear it at all. I don't hear any static or anything. It's just 
Did it start really hot? Oh, we're having bad storms around here, so that could be it. When our lines start swaying out here, uh, the line goes crackly, but I usually hear it too. So, um, you know, if I hear it, I'll definitely mute or hang up. So, yeah, if anybody's listening and then are on the chat, maybe they could uh, tell me if they're hearing that on their end or if it's coming out on the uh, talk shoe stream. Because I I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, to to oh, says you don't hear it. Okay. The, the, Good. The discussion that was going on in the chat was whether or not government was divinely authored by the creator of Earth itself. And if so, did he instill their divine right, or did they just take the right to rule? Well, I mean, let's say if they had a divine right to rule, I mean, how how do you, what is the process that you that you get infused with the divine right to rule over other people. I mean, that would be an interesting subject. And then if you de- openly declare that your, your right to govern comes from the people and you know, that you're not, you're not invoking God in any way. I mean, is that forfeiting your divine right? Or at what point do you forfeit your divine right? I mean, if openly declaring that your right to rule comes from the people, that that excludes the divine right. So would that forfeit your divine right to rule? That's, uh, that's some good questions. I, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that is definitely uh, something that I, I think a lot of people subscribe to, you know, like, okay, governments are there and uh, the, the people in authority are somehow endowed by God with the right to do that. But then, uh, yeah, then you have to ask, okay, so at, at one point, does one divinely inspired government have a right to overthrow another di- divinely inspired government? Because all governments are divinely inspired. And if you go ahead and set up your own nation state on some abandoned derrick somewhere, like an oil, like I've heard people do, like they declare sovereignty and then they get some recognition as having sovereignty to some degree by doing some kind of I don't, paperwork shenanigans or something. I don't know. I've heard of this happening. And then all of a sudden they're the Republic of, I don't know, uh, John Smithberg on this abandoned oil derrick from the World War One, World War Two era, something like that. And then they declare themselves an independent nation state. I mean, is that individual infused with divine right to rule anybody that sets foot on that uh, old abandoned oil, Derek. I, you know, I don't, how far does this all that go? And what is the criteria for establishing divine right? That, that'd be all kinds of interesting questions to delve into that, you know? Well, I mean, I mean that, that, that's, I think yeah. that's where that ultimately has to start, though. Anytime you start questioning the letter of the law, no matter where it's, it's a municipality, a county, a city, a state constitution or a a federal or national constitution or even a world constitution, I mean, that question has to come up in your mind to say whether or not you're going to be subjugated under any of those jurisdictions. And, And some of them, obviously, today, you don't have a choice for jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is established, uh, basically by the fact of where you stand. And if you're standing on the land, the land has a specific jurisdiction by which governs you, whether you, you know, ignorance is no excuse of the law. So 
so that that yeah. is, is jurisdicted over you, which which is in and of itself at face value used to be an acceptable philosophy for me, but it's I mean it's hilarious to think about the ignorance of the law is no excuse today when lawmakers don't even know the law. Lawyers go study for years and years. They don't know the law. I mean, they have to go restudy it. They don't know all the case law. They don't know, you know, they, I mean, that, that is a ridiculous statement to make. And uh, on its face, it's uh, dishonest, it, you know, at a minimum. So, you know, I, I think that question, though, has to be debated is, is the right to rule divine and given by the creator of this planet and the human body? So what was set up to govern and rule over us? And is that power legitimate today? And if it was set up and legitimate at some point, has it lost all legitimacy? It's kind of like the old moral equivalent where people said you weren't actually lying if a Nazi came to your door and asked if you were hiding Jews and you said no, but you were actually hiding a hundred of them in your basement, you know. And so the moral equivalence of the Nazi, he had no, he didn't deserve the truth, so therefore it wasn't a lie. I mean, that, that's the moral equivalency argument that, you know, any base, any authority that becomes uh, amoral and has no morals is no longer, you're no longer subject to morality yourself when it comes to accountability to that author, authoritarian system. So is, is that where we are today? Has our authority lost all moral accountability and therefore they don't deserve our moral respect. I mean, so, you know, it brings up a lot of questions that need to be thought about by people, especially Christians. I mean, they say Christians still make up the majority of the United States. Christians really have to examine that and come to terms with whatever they come to terms with by looking at the facts of what is happening. Well, like uh, Paul brought up earlier, okay, what about organized crime? And, you know, you can read accounts of, you know, the the mafia operating, let's say, New York City, for example. And, uh, you know, they would come to business owners and they would get like sort of a protection uh, bribe that, you know, okay, you pay us you know, part of your income or, you know, bad things are going to happen to you. So, I mean, are they at that point a government, a type of government? And then because they have this force of rule over people by the fact that they're, you know, uh, willing to use violence against others. So they constitute a form of government, you know, where they're sort of keeping order and then they're sort of exacting a, uh, a sort of a de facto tax on people. So are they infused with divine right at at that instant? You know, it's like, okay, do what I tell you or I'm going to, because we've already kind of defined what how governments operate and the exact sort of criteria that gives them their authority. So I, I don't, so by that set of standards, so then, a, then an organized crime organization would thereby be infused with divine right because they can organize enough people to get together to start acting as a government in, in, in a lot of respects, you know, and, and, and then they can set up a clinic for people, you know, and yeah. it's like organized crime. And then they're starting to do all the things that a government does. And then, you know, if they were to get to the point where they were able to kind of wedge their way into society and have more and more influence power before they got knocked down uh, and then sort of toppled the, 
existing so-called constitutional government, then they would be the divine rulers by definition. Just because they're government, then they're divinely have the right to, to be government. I mean, you'd have to consider that, too. And then you'd have to say, yeah, that's they have the divine right to rule because well, they're ruling, well, and then that's the proof that they have the right to rule. And pe- people worship generals. I mean, that's a, you know, like Mao, for instance. Mao is, Mao is a general. Mao is a victorious general, right? And and so, like, that is a part of, I, I think that's a, you know, when you talk about divine right, it's like, well, obviously you do have a divine right. You won the war. Mm, yeah, so he's got divine right to rule at that point when he can initiate enough force against the uh, existing perceived divine ruler, you know, you get enough, a big enough posse together, and then, then you know, you you initiate a coup or whatever you want to call it, and then, you know, then you are, in that instant, the divine ruler. So, yeah, it's inter- interesting how that works out. I mean, so, so the creator deems those with the will to use force as divinely inspired to rule. I mean, that's happened, I guess you could point to many examples in history where that that was the case, where, you know, uh, the supposed democratic government or whatever was overthrown, but then if it was a democratic government, it wasn't the divine government to begin with, right? Because the will of the people is what's ruling, and it's by definition because of the way it's presented, if that has any real bearing on anything you see what i'm saying it's like that all of it gets really convoluted when you're trying to justify this uh thing called government you know it, it just gets really really convoluted i i don't know how to how you would well, like make those distinctions you know between well, organized crime and a real government well, all they have to do is start wearing suits and start presenting themselves with the same public relations tactics that the quote-unquote real government does, and then people will accept them or perceive them as legitimate as any other government. Well, what's funny is that with organized crime or organized government, both of them claim, if you look at organized crime like uh, like it's stereotyped within movies, most of the criminals are Italian, so they come from Catholic backgrounds, and they go to Mass, you know, maybe once a month or once a year or whatever, and they go to the Father, you know, Willie Potatoes goes to the father and says, hey, I killed, uh, you know, 45 mafia men. I need, you know, to be forgiven. And it's like they they play this religion card within this organized mafia and organized crime, just like government does. But the weird thing, the most convoluted thing about government is they play both sides. They play the occult side where they have uh, bail worships everywhere and all these uh, structures built to bail and steeples and obelisks like Egyptian, it goes back to Egyptian uh, religious practices. And then on the other side, they're playing the Christian side of it by appealing to the God of the universe, the, the, the intelligent being that created all things. And then they play the other side of it by saying we weren't created and we were all came from monkeys. It's just, it's really bizarre the dichotomy that the, gov- the organization of government comes together with all these different religions running in the background and they're paying homage to the basis of nature through rule of coercion, and then they're paying homage to occult symbols that go back to Egypt, and then they're paying homage to the Jewish 
God and the Bible, it is just bizarre. <laughs> it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, I mean, is that uh, like the Bible talks about the God of the world is the devil, is Satan is the ruler of the world, and uh, so that uh, you know that that would be uh, the I guess the people that pay homage to Satan and worship Satan are the rulers of the world, which there's indicators that that's the case. Yeah, you know, and, it, and all these intelligent design haters, they have no answer for statism. They want to just continue statism as is. They just want to remove any type of intelligent design or intelligent creator or having a relationship with the creator any means possible. But none of them talk about the destruction of the state or completely doing away with the state. I mean, none of that talk ever enters into any atheist mouth or even their mind. And the whole foundation of government, whether you go back to the Christian God or Baal worship, all of it was founded with religion in the background and the divine right to rule. So if an atheist got rid of all religions of the earth, who has a divine, who is going to have the right to rule? Well, yeah, I mean, what is your objective standard that you're going to base uh, government upon it, but see that never well, gets brought up, and well, so that that can be. They're going to say democracy. Like, That's what their answer is going to be. But then democracy seems to be, you know, like that's just used to legitimize. I don't believe in democracy. I think that's just used to legitimize what's already there by force. Well, yeah, or, or through right. Control. If you want to say that it's a democracy, then you know, okay, then you have to go on to define democracy, and then you say, well, you know, so when the Constitution was drafted, you know, I wasn't there, I never signed off of it, I never gave my consent to it, and uh, but I am somehow like bound by this contract that I never signed off of my. Nobody that I know in my family, going back in my lineage that I know of, ever signed off on it. And if they did, how is it binding upon me? Well, the, well, they would say the fact that they're standing on the land and they're using government-issued uh, paper as money is a trade-off for their labor. For paper money is is an agreement to the terms of the contract. The fact they're using industry, which was established by government, is agreeing to our contract. The the fact that you even uh, drive on our roads is agreeing to the contract or accept mail in your post office box. I mean, there's there's all these... Um, I mean, if you get into the law of things, there's a lot of things that you don't have to sign to actually go into contract with someone. I think. There's a word for it. I don't remember what it's called, but uh, there are... Yeah, that's an interesting concept. It's like, that. yeah, I'm sure that is a, a like an implied contract. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, just like if you walk into Walmart, you're agreeing to rules that maybe you don't even know about. Like, uh, you know, you can't carry a weapon in Walmart. They they put signs up that says no concealed handguns here, even though the signs are illegal. They don't actually stop people legally from carrying weapons in Walmart, but... Um, there are there are things that you're agreeing to even when you walk into Walmart that you're actually contracting with them when you buy their goods and services, whether you sign a contract or not. 
most people pay with credit, but even people who pay with government-issued Federal Reserve notes, uh, you know, they're still contracting with Walmart when they're making exchanges with them. Well, I mean, if you want to say that, you have to – well, if you look at contract law as it stands in the modern usage of what it means, you know, to have a binding contract, I mean, you have to – have a meeting of the minds of both parties and then all of that. And then, you know, that, I mean, you can get out from contracts today if it can be demonstrated that someone tricked you into it or wasn't yeah, 100% clear or didn't do due diligence to make sure that you understood all the, uh, all the points of the contract that you were entering into. So if you're going to use that set of criteria, then, yeah, you would totally invalidate the Constitution based on just that simple, straightforward set of criteria right there. And, you know, like when I was 17 and I went and got my driver's license, so, and then people will tell me, especially these, you know, people that promote the sovereign citizen idea and all this stuff, it's like, yeah, Chris, when you went down there and got your driver's license, what you were really doing, you thought you were going to, uh, be able to drive without being hassled by the man. But what you were really doing is you're, you were buying wholesale the whole Constitution, every code, every law, every statute, and everything, and agreed to be under it for the rest of your life. And you volunteered yourself into servitude by doing that, by getting a driver's license. It's like, oh, okay, so <laughs> how does that... Yeah, so how does oh, – so I but I can't do that. I can't, like, uh, I, I can't show up over at Damon's Ranch and say, hey, Damon, man, I got this sweet RV I want to sell you, dude, and I'll, I'll give it to you cheap. And, uh, yeah, let's just seal the deal. Okay, you know, 500 bucks, and, yeah, just sign this bill of sale. And then it's like a 10-page bill of sale, and it's like, oh, yeah, can I read this? It's like, oh, no, man, you don't need to read it. You know, hey, you know, we're good buddies and everything. It's like, yeah, you don't want to read this, do you? And then, like, okay, so Damon trusts me, and then he goes ahead and signs it. And then, like, I show up a week later and say, yeah, Damon, I don't know, man. Uh, I hate to do this to you, but you agreed to give me your ranch and all your goats and everything when you signed that deal. So would that be a binding contract? Absolutely not. They, I, nobody can get away with that. That'd be ridiculous, and nobody would. You could, you could, you could go. Uh, that wouldn't stand up in any kind of court, and you could say, "Hey, you know, I got swindled on that deal," and then that would be a defunct contract, and nobody would accept that. But on the other hand, we're supposed to accept this concept that the same thing was done to you when you went and got your driver's license, and then that's all kosher on the up and up, and we're supposed to defer to that. It's like, okay, that's stupid. Well, I mean, the, the, I looked ridiculous. up the definition for contract. It's offer, acceptance, competent person who have legal capacity and exchange and consideration to create a mutual, mutual, mutual obligation. So, you know, if you have, I guess they're saying a uh, contract is just an offer and an acceptance by competent people who basically consider the offer and they create obligations to one another within the contract. So it doesn't even have to be written or anything. So, 
But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's ridiculous to think that we have signed a constitution. We signed up to the state constitution. We signed up to the county constitution, the city constitution, the municipality, and we're governed by all these different. I mean, like I looked at, I got my water report for my water out here. It just tastes terrible, and uh, I started calling, and I got, I'm really upset about it. So I called and like made this big stink and. Like, oh, well, you know, the government is involved and the, uh, some kind of water department industry is regulating it and you have to call them. And we're well within legal limits and, you know, you can call them and complain about the taste and they're going to come out and test and maybe it's just your pipes or, you know, whatever. So, but it's, it's so funny because it's this organization that has really no jurisdiction over any of the land out here, yet their water pipes are running all over the place and they own the water pipes and therefore they can come on anyone's land and tear the land up and and fix so-called fixed water pipes or do whatever they want. It's just incredible. If I did that, I'd, I would go to jail as a terrorist. I'm sure of it. <laughs> on somebody else's property. Hey, I got some pipe that ran from my house to your house and I got to go on your property and like tear up all your nice hay field over here to get to this pipe. You know, and I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to bring all my big trucks out here, and we're going to totally decimate your property. We're going to tear down your fence. And, uh, yeah, they legally can get away with that. I'm sure they probably fix your fence maybe, but, uh, you know, tearing up your hayfield, I very seriously doubt they're going to be too concerned about that. So, But I just couldn't believe that, that this, this entity that governs the water out here can just pretty much do whatever they want. It's amazing. In Texas, too, I found out that top, and I kind of knew this before, but top water is owned by the government. So no matter if you dug your own pond or whatever, if you have top water that's visible, it's owned by the government, which is interesting. That, that sounds pretty divine to me. But Anyway, I'm kind of off topic, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chris, you make a good point. It's, it's pretty ridiculous that you... We are contracted without oh. signing any documents, and there's been no disclosure of everything that we're agreeing to and everything that we're giving up to be subjugated by these people who are over us. So Yeah, I'm getting a lot of interference on the line here. Something's something wrong. Oh, is that coming from me? Let me mute. No, I don't think so. Something on my end here. Uh, I think I might have a wire crossed or something. Hopefully, oh, the wind. The wind is bad, bad here. I mean, it's getting bad. I'm gonna have to go outside and put something on the trampoline to hold it down, and some other things I got to go take care of before it gets too windy out here. So, I did want to call in though and talk about horses versus jeeps with front loaders and PTOs versus a turbo diesel tractor. But I guess we'll have to do that some other night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Hey man, I found this cool jeep with a pto in the rear and i thought man this thing's it's like a 60 horsepower jeep and i thought man if i drop like a ls1 v8 in that booger put about 500 horsepower to the all four tires with limited slip differential and throw a big front loader on the front of that booger oh man i'd have the ultimate farm machine out here but then i saw on the internet people actually i guess back in the 40s there was a jeep surplus that's an interesting story that's the only reason i'm getting way off topic here but back in the after world war ii there's a big huge jeep surplus so jeep tried to figure out what they're going to do with all these surplus jeeps so they put a pto on the rear and started selling them to farmers as uh to replace tractors 
and they were selling them at like half the price a, a diesel tractor was going for. So farmers were buying these like 40 and 60 horsepower Jeeps to run, you know, little plows and little uh, uh, like hay gatherers and balers. And so you, you could still find those today. Um, or you could just add a PTO to an older Jeep. Or, heck, you could even do it to a newer one, I guess, if you wanted to. I mean, nothing's stopping you from doing it to a new one. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I went and Googled. While I, was talk, while I was talking earlier in the chat, I went and Googled. Apparently, people have put front loaders on Jeeps, so it's been done. I'm, that's not an original thought. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that sounds pretty cool. Like, uh, so it's enough, it's enough power to do some artist moving or whatever it is that you need to take care of. And it's got well, yeah, a lot and it's four-wheel drive. Of... So, you know, if you get your bucket sunk deep in the, you know, in the dirt, you have all four tires turning to drive it through the dirt. So, and you got the weight, too. I mean, those Jeeps probably weigh upwards of 3,500 pounds plus. So, you got the weight so that uh, you can get through a big push of dirt. So, anyway... But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a cool idea. I don't really have the money to go do anything like that. But uh, it'd be cool to find one like that that was all junked out and just go fix it up. So, yeah, horses versus Jeeps versus tractors. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds like it'd probably be a pretty good solution for you. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. But uh yeah, I mean um yeah, that's uh boy, that noise coming through is really getting irksome here. Let I don't me, know what's happening. See this talk. Yeah, I don't think it's on any of the callers and I think it's on my end and uh it's something that's uh like it's some kind of interference. It's like it's coming from some kind of uh, uh, maybe something in my room. I don't know. I don't know what it is because nobody's hearing it on the chat. Nobody's hearing it through the record through the stream. And I hope it's not coming through on the recording because this recording is going to be have to be scrapped, and I'm going to have to just let the talk. It's the nanobots. Chris. Could be the nanobots. Dis- disassembling my <laughs> system underneath my nose here. I don't dimensions, know. dimensions online. They sent the nanobots, and uh, uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous what's going on here. So now it's clear, and now I hear everybody good, and there's no static at all, absolutely none. And then Damon will be talking, or Paul will be talking, and then this horrendous, clicking, staticky, garbled racket starts building and building up and building up, and then it dissipates down, and then it goes silent. And then it's it's like something's... And I've turned off Wi-Fi on this uh, tablet thing I have, and I've turned off wi-fi on my computer and i turned off bluetooth i didn't even know i had that on and i turned off my external backup drive and 
It still came on. I, I don't know, man. Well, I, I, made like a call, I made a call to a new problem. She sent a satellite to send a, a death ray to the nanobot, so hopefully it stopped. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah, it's good to have You're welcome. To... Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like it stopped, so that's that's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Judy Wood explanation. That's fine with me. All right, you all right? Crazy, crazy. But yeah, that new whole... new issue, that new new brand new. Never never had this happen before. But yeah, but yeah, that, but... that that whole divine right to rule. I think you know all the people that call in and get in the whether it's the Mark Stevens style or the Clint Richardson style or the sovereign citizen style, like whatever it is. If you don't start at the root of the the right to rule. I don't think you really get anywhere in that debate because I, I do believe there's several different ways to get around within the system of law. I do believe there's ways to do that and navigate it successfully. It, it may not happen very often because people don't have the wherewithal to stick with it. And I, you know, if I got embattled in some big case, whether it's a tax case or criminal case or civil case, I mean, I, I don't know that I would have the balls to do it. Uh, in a way to actually circumvent the, the court system that believes they have jurisdiction over me, I don't know. I don't know that I would have the kahunis that Mark Stevenson does in, in to do what he does. But uh, I, I think it's honorable, and I think it's a good thing that we have people like him out there. And I think it's a good thing that whether or not I disagree with uh, Clint Richardson or not, I believe it's good that we have people like him out there who, who even espouse a theory on it and who will fight the system if, if he goes into some type of legalese battle with them. And I, th- I think we all should do that and do it in a way that's noble and that, you know, honors uh, our our personal selves. But, uh, you know, I guess the, it comes down to uh, whether or not you're going to put your fate in their hands and, and, and follow that, what you think is noble, and follow it to the end based on the principle because, you know, you could lose everything, including your freedom. I mean, and that's not a fear-mongering thing to anyone. I mean, I'm not trying to say the court is all-powerful and will win at every turn. All I'm saying is that it's a risk, right? Everything you do is a risk. So it just has to be calculated and evaluated and, you know, is it worth it? So, you know, is it worth it for you to go fight the $400 ticket and spend four days in court and then get a jury and try to convince a jury that, you know, the NTU traffic code wasn't followed, and the sign is only three feet high, and it's supposed to be four and a half feet high. They don't follow their own laws. They don't follow the road survey. People in the jury are like, dude, you're speeding. Freaking pay the ticket. I have to pay it. You pay it. I don't care about the multi-traffic code, uniform traffic code. I don't care that the sign's not posted in the correct manner. You saw it. You were speeding. We don't care that the street survey uh, you know, wasn't done properly and wasn't set up for two days instead of four. It only was set up for two days instead of four days. We don't care about that. You freaking pay the ticket. You're guilty. Oh, yeah. They you also know. don't care that it makes the roads more dangerous to have stoplight cameras. I think that's been pretty well proven, like statistically and all that, even from official records that it, it, increased, it, it increases traffic accidents that because because people because people like make themselves stop. Well, how is that? Because they they're making themselves stop when they should just it'd be safer to. How, how does it increase it? I mean, that's what I'm assuming is that they you know they're so paranoid that they're going to get you know uh, 
they, they, they come to too abrupt a stop. Is that what happens? Well, yeah, people get up, people get, um, yeah, nervous, you know, and then like uh, more people will jam on the brakes instead of just coast on through a yellow light, you know, and that causes more rear end collisions, obviously, you know, it makes total sense and that that would happen. But yeah, like I've said before, you go into the stuff with traffic lights and signs and all that and the places where they've taken them all out and then they had a reduction a pretty really substantial reduction in traffic accidents and stuff like that that i mean that's evidence to me and i don't know if people would insist that oh that that wouldn't work in the united states i don't know why it wouldn't but they say you make that argument or say but offer me some evidence that all these traffic signs and stuff are really really beneficial and it's like i haven't seen any but uh yeah, you know, it doesn't matter that they're a hazard and all that. People will, yeah, they'll side with the uh, authorities because the authorities deemed it. And then, you know, if you want to discuss divine right of rule, then you also have to define, too. It's like, okay, how 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 divinely, I mean, how how far can they extend this definition out of rulership to include all kinds of new things on a daily basis? I mean... Is that their divine right to make laws about any and everything ad infinitum forever until we're just completely and utterly just bombarded with rules, laws, codes, and stuff like we're getting, like we already are today? You know, it's like, uh, uh, does that divine, is. divine right have any limits at all? Does it have any limits? I mean, that's what I, I was trying. I've asked that question. Maybe I've asked that question on this this show. You know, does it, when does it, when do, does that, is there a line? Let's say you made a, a law that said um, you cannot look to your right. So as you walk down the street, we're in, and if you do look to your right, we are going to put you in jail for 60 days. And at what point is the, um, you know, the system itself criminal? And, you know, like, you know, I, I, I think the answer is it never is. Right? It's like, the, the, yeah, like once you bought into whatever this is, the, the, the cult, the mafia, whatever it is, they can, the, you know, as long as if they say that it's like uh, written in the law, um, that it's, it's uh, everybody, everybody's going to go along with it. I don't think there's a line. I don't think there's is a limit. I don't think there's. I don't think it exists. And so I think the only way the only way that's going to get broken is that you know some kind of you know uh, cataclysm or, or you know complete destruction of the state. Well, with, with yeah. that, I, I think that would take a divine hand to do that at this point. Well, yeah, it all goes to what uh, the general populace at large will put up with. I think there's been uh, several examples of, I don't know, they tried what to, uh, to make alcohol consumption illegal. People sure went did. ahead and did it anyway, and there was nothing they could do about it, so they had to repeal those laws. I mean, now, does that make everybody that consumes alcohol uh, today in public or at a restaurant or something like that, does that make you in defiance of divine right? I mean, how does this all this work? I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do you do, how do you, I mean, because they had to repeal a law. I mean, is that, was their intentions and everything divine? And then you're, you're bucking divine rule by 
having a beer out at a with a burger somewhere. You know, I you know how do you how do you uh, parse all this stuff? You know, well, you I think. I think more poignant than that is like, well, when I step over the state line of Colorado and I smoke a, a marijuana cigarette, it, you know, like there's some, you know, like something magical in Colorado. And then when I go back into, I don't know, where Nevada, whatever borders Colorado is, just the Nevada border, whatever state that is, <laughs> when I go into Nevada and then, you know, then you can, you know, throw harsh penalties at me. Not even just a fine, but I mean, you can really destroy my life for the exact same thing. Yeah. And I don't understand how that doesn't, that right there doesn't erode the, the entire nation's respect for the law in toto. I, I, but, but like I'm saying, and that's, that's where this whole thing in my mind was, you know, like, like 60 days in jail for looking to the right. That's where it came from. It's like, well, you know, like, where does that, you know, and then yesterday we're going to shoot you. For you know our you know we have you know decreed you know our our moral sense or whatever it is is decreed you know if you if you smoke a marijuana cigarette you know we're gonna we're gonna shoot you or you know destroy your life and now today oh well you know it's no big deal we changed our mind you know so when does that entity that makes those decisions when do they get called a criminal you know and so now so you just so so yesterday you know you destroyed my friend's life by you know sending him to jail for you know 20 years and today and today that's no big deal and and then at some point you know who judges the judge who judges the judges and you know i think it gets in and it does get into these very tricky strange questions of you know the, the things like divine right that is is hard to understand for me well, right. I mean, that's a good point. Like, how do you reconcile when uh, two governing perceived authorities are clearly at odds with each other? Which divine ruler do you side with at that point? Well, obviously, the one that's the most powerful, right? Well, I don't know. Like, what? Then how do you define that? Well, yeah, the the will to use force. So the federal government comes back into Colorado and starts a statewide complete and total utter crackdown and starts SWAT team and raiding everybody that's got uh, a couple of pot plants. Then, yeah, you know, that that is their divine right. And then that supersedes the state. Uh, how does that all that work? And then how do you make those determinations? And what do you base all those determinations on? You know, so... Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, you get into some really convoluted territory there, really, really convoluted, and I don't, I don't know how to make sense out of any of that. I mean, I mean, you have to maybe go back to the foundational premise of yeah, how do you get everybody into a contract that they didn't sign or don't know nothing what they're getting into, and then they're volunteering for it, and then you got this really bizarre definition of volunteering because. When I went and got my driver's license, it was under the premise that you do it or you get hassled, and hassled meaning thrown in jail, hassled meaning getting your shit impounded. And, yeah, you could be shot. And you can be shot if you don't like it and you choose to, quote-unquote, resist. Like, what are you resisting? So I don't have this sticker on my car. I don't have this piece of plastic in my wallet. And... uh well, that makes you a safe driver, Chris. Like, it does, really? I don't know. I, I don't have any evidence of that when I go out on the street. 
I mean, I'm sure they got the piece of plastic in their wallet and they're driving like total absolute idiots, but that doesn't have any bearing on reality, I guess. But that supposedly makes you a better, safer driver having a piece of plastic in your pocket. See, I mean, none of it makes any None of it has any real bearing in the real world. It's all this abstraction that, you know, people accept as necessary. But it's like, in reality, uh, where is the evidence that, you know, if if that was done away with tomorrow, would there be just carnage and death on the street from all these unauthorized people driving? I mean, I've talked about this before where I notice all the time expired tags, and I notice all the time. You know, people aren't generally compliant. I've known people personally that were on their fifth, sixth DUI, and they still drove, and they didn't have no license. They didn't have no damn insurance. They didn't have crap. They drove all the time. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what do you do? You know, right. Like, what do you, so, you know, did they kill anybody? No, fortunately not. Did they, did they kill themselves? No, they're still alive, and they're still driving. So, I, you know, I was like, what do you, so... That's what I mean as far as bearing on reality. What bearing does it have on reality? I don't have any evidence that those things do what they're purported to do, what they're perceived to do, but they all emanate from this perceived authority that has some kind of perceived divine right or otherwise right or consent of the government or whatever, but I just don't see any evidence for any of that. And ask them if they're, they have a divine right. And they totally deny it. So you forfeit you got a divine right if you deny it. So if you deny the existence of God, do you still maintain the right to go to heaven and be a be considered a a believer? I don't know. It's a good good question. Yeah, I'm just sick of hearing uh, a lot of. Christians talk about who they're going to vote for and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump and anybody but Obama or Hillary and oh my gosh just but but yet but yet they all agree government is invalid they shouldn't be taxing us so much they shouldn't be teaching our children about uh, evolution uh, but yet they're still going to public schools they're still they're still and I'm I'm not saying that I'm not in the system, as it were. I'm totally in the system. Um, I'm still trying to figure out day by day how to get just a half a millimeter closer to getting out. But, I mean, really, will I ever be out? I mean, I live in a society. I'm coming to terms with this fact, unfortunately, that, and it doesn't sound very noble, but I live in a society, and the society is where it is. And for me to be an island unto myself, I mean, I don't even want to be an island unto myself. And, I mean, if I keep going down the path I'm going down where I'm totally sustainable, I will be an island unto myself with no outside help and with no, which is probably okay. But, man, it's, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a social butterfly type of person. I mean, I like being around people in general. I don't always. You need people. We all need each other. Yeah, Absolutely. That that's an absolutely true statement for me, especially. So, you know, the fact remains is that uh, I will never be out of the system, and I'm coming to terms with that. And you know, I'm kind of more at peace with it than I would be back in my uh, Alex Jones 2007 days and Ron Paul days. But uh, 
you know, I'm coming to terms with it and peace with it because there's, I mean, what can I really do? I'm just one person. And I know a lot of people. Well, I mean, you need to take a look at just how the masses are ruled, right? I mean, we see this fakery nonsense happening on a regular basis at regular intervals. And it's totally illegitimate. It's totally staged. It's totally scripted. It's, it's, it's the seat. It's subterfuge. It's, uh, just blatant outright deception. And, uh, you know, so what, what legitimate ruler operates that way? And then like, you know, if they're operating that way, are they, have they forfeited any legitimacy they might've had at that point? I mean, at what point would you be able to forfeit your legitimacy if you did have some real divine or otherwise right to rule? I mean, at what point do you forfeit your legitimacy or is it impossible? Like I've went into this before, like, uh, I did the post, I wrote up a, a blog post, which I, I don't do too often. I don't really write much, but, uh, about government there, government conspiracy being impossible because people defer to authority and they don't really care so much about law because the authorities don't follow their own rules and their own codes and their own laws themselves. And nobody seems to be that concerned with that set of circumstances. So, uh, by definition, if you believe in authority without law, without concern to law, then by definition, the authority would be a, above the law, immune from the law and be, uh, totally incapable of committing crime or violating a law because they're, they, it doesn't apply to them. So I think that's the definition of the state right there. Yeah, and then the, the conspiracy, is, it, it implies uh, criminal activity by a group of people, uh, you know, so that would be impossible if you can't break laws because you are immune to law. So maybe that's, you know, if, if that is what people are, are, are you know, that's, that's where their mindset is, then, yeah, maybe that's, the, 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 from their perspective or from that general perspective, then yeah, government uh, a government conspiracy is impossible because the authorities don't have to follow any rule or any law or any standard of morality or justice or fairness because they are kind of like designated like gods unto themselves and they kind of like whatever issues forth from their mouth or whatever they put down on a piece of paper is de facto law, they can uh, put that upon me or any other individual, and I have to follow it, but they have they don't even have to touch it. Well, you know, right. Like, that, that, so if you answer the question about divinity to rule, now you have to ask, is the rule moral? Well, like, why was Jesus in the temple driving him out with a cat of nine tails, and why was he just constantly railing against the uh, Pharisees, and he was he was talking along those same lines. He says, you make all these rules and uh, requirements of the people. And yet yourself don't even lift one finger to bear any of those burdens yourself. And so what was Jesus's problem with that? Like he had no right to tell them because they had divine right to rule. Right. Cause they, they were, they represented and you know, people don't understand this, but you know, the Pharisees were the rulers. I mean, they were just, as much a ruler as the judge is today, there wasn't all these distinctions and, uh, 
uh, you know, separation of the church and state, like this other nonsense they, they put forward in the modern day. There was no concept of that uh, then. It, that's, that's a relatively recent concept, division of church and state and all that. But, you know, uh, what, what was Jesus' problem? I mean, like he... He had no right to tell them. I mean, they had divine right to rule, so whatever they said goes. So what what was his issue? Well, uh, Jesus, uh, this is one of my favorite verses out of the Bible. Jesus stopped Peter from going into a house, and Jesus uh, actually it says he prevented him. And he says, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom and tri- tribute? Do they take it from their own children or of strangers? And Peter said unto him, Strangers. And Jesus said unto him, Then the children are free. So he's talking about the, the, the kings of the earth, and he's basically telling Peter that you're going to be a king of the earth with me and that you will be free. You, you won't pay tribute because you'll be free. And now that had, I'm taking a very different application to that. It, it's a, I, I'm thinking that men are free and we should be free. And, and Jesus was saying here that the 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 custom is for the kings of the earth to take and t- take the masses of people who will be exploited and exploit them. And, and Jesus calls those people strangers. So that, that's clearly what we see today And looking at the government that Christ was endorsing. He's endorsing a government to where they didn't take uh, from, their, uh, from their own children. And he's endorsing a government where the, all the children are free in this society. So... I don't know, it's a, you have to read the whole chapters, verses before that lead up to this. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to just take one verse and apply a whole philosophy to it. But um, yeah, but I mean, the way that people perceive government or government authority in the modern day, they would have uh, yeah taken Jesus to task for the stuff he was doing because yeah, you know, yeah. I read the New Testament. That's pretty much what he was busy doing. He was just raging against against the machine so to speak yeah even i mean on a daily basis it's going to regular you know uh regular operating his standard operating procedure was just to just to continually rail against the pharisees and rail against established order the authorities that were in power at the time mm-hmm. which um if you fast forward to 2015 the basic perception of christians would be like no you you don't do that. That's not your place. And uh, you defer to authority. And yes, it sounds absolutely ridiculous and absurd, but you do it anyway because they, they're instituted by God to rule and you have no right to question it, basically. So that's, yeah, that's out of sync with what Jesus did. I mean, pretty obvious to me, but not, not obvious to most people that consider themselves Christians. Like they don't, they don't, they, yeah, they would end up, they'd crucify Jesus if he came back and started doing that. They'd crucify him again. I'm sure they yep. would. They'd be right in the front row screaming that he'd be crucified. I'm totally convinced. So he's a bad person. He questioned authority. Bad, bad man. Deserves to die. You know, that, that, that would be their attitude. He'd be a terrorist. Absolutely he'd be a terrorist. He'd absolutely <laughs> be a terrorist. <laughs> well, you know, a, a Jeff Berwick from Anarchast, he claims, uh, I don't know if it's him that claims this, but he's had someone on his show, and I don't remember the person he had on, but he had a guy who said uh, Jesus was an anarchist, and he pulled up 
think he pulled up like two or three different scriptures and said, uh, you know, Jesus was an absolute anarchist and hated authority. And, you know, I, th- I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a little, I mean, he, yes, he did, like you're saying, Chris, he did buck the system. I don't know that he was an anarchist in the terms, and not even Molotov cocktail anarchist, but in the terms of no rulers at all, I don't know that he was an anarchist in that way. But uh, Yeah, he didn't do what he was told. Yeah, well, clear. He, the, the so I mean, he's he, he makes quite a stretch. But anyway, it's it, it was a funny show, kind of. But uh, I think Jeff Berwick was drunk during the whole show. That's what made it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some interesting questions. I mean, yeah, I think about that stuff a lot, and uh, um, yeah, you know, it's. Yeah, that, that, that's the questions I have. I mean, does, does divine right to rule have any limits whatsoever at all? I mean, some I, I think a lot of people would say, no, absolutely not. I mean, if they tell you to go out on the wet dew of your lawn at 6 o'clock a.m. at sunrise and stand on your head for 10 minutes and then, you know, until we tell you to stop and then you go in and, you know, towel your head off and go to work, you know, you, you better do it. I mean, because that that's just what we do and there's a you know presidential proclamation that, that that's what we do now and then that's most people would do it you know there'd be probably a lot of people that wouldn't but you know a lot of people would you know they'd go ahead and do it and you know wh- why do you need to do it and they just make up something like yeah you need a certain amount of blood to get to your head and this is uh the new obama health health initiative something or another, yeah, just make it sound somewhat plausible sounding, but I'm, to I'm really gonna... look at it with to look at the absurdity of it, but that, it, that wouldn't phase probably the majority of people. They'd not... be, uh, it would open up a market for like head, headstand pads and you put a kickstand around your neck, I guess, to hold you up or, you know, whatever, whatever. So it created an industry. And once an industry got established, it would be like, oh, that's just what we do in America. Stand on our heads for 10 minutes every morning in the front lawn, you know, tape a flag to my ankle. Well, I mean, that's, that's the you, know, you were told to recite the Pledge of Allegiance all in uh, school every single day. And uh, we usually seeing America or some the Star Spangled Banner or something. And what's funny about that is that uh, a lot of these people on Facebook, I don't have Facebook, but my wife does. A lot of people have posted on her Facebook the French flag, like they have covered themselves with a transparent, like, French flag over their profile picture. And so a lot of people have gotten really upset that some of the mothers in the homeschool movement have done this because the... the, You know, a lot of people say you only have allegiance to one flag, you should never ever post anyone else's flag and like this like they take this very emotional stance even from the mother's perspective of posting Francis flag over their profile picture and then other people like old timers and stuff and grandpas who have fought in Vietnam and people who really believe in the ideology of this country and believe that flag represents our ideology most perfectly uh, they believe that uh, those people have committed an act of treason and they you know, it's been a nasty little battle. It's caused some people to close down their Facebook accounts. <laughs> but, uh, 
uh, where was I going with that point? Uh, my point, oh, the indoctrination, The you're talking about standing on your head every day. I mean, that's basically what they've indoctrinated us with and done an excellent job of that from, uh, you know, from, from the first thing we do when we get to school when we're bright and early in the morning, man, we say that Pledge of Allegiance and we sing the Star Spangled Banner, baby, and we talk about the military and let's pray for the troops and Let's send them some pictures and tell them how much we appreciate them fighting for freedom wherever there's trouble. America's there. Go, America! Yeah. Sorry, I got paid. Saving, uh, coming again to save the MF and A. Yep, America, and we can have football yeah. and beer and uh, baseball. Oh, fame and freedom is the only way, man. I know, bro, I know. Hey, speaking of uh, not to get bogged down with Jeff Berwick, but uh, I don't know if you still listen to Anarchast, but he had uh, he had Eric Dubay on there about Flat Earth, and then he had Jaronism on there, just some uh, guy who's into Flat Earth, and this Jaronism guy, he was bashing Bitcoin. So not only did Berwick introduce Flat Earth to anarchists, but then he also introduced, which kind of makes sense. I mean, they're kind of fighting... Anarchy is no rulers, even in scientism or um, government or even in religion or whatever. But this Jaronism guy came on bashing Bitcoin because he was a Bitcoin insider and used to write for Bitcoin. And he kind of said some very negative things about Bitcoin. So it's like he commit, like he's, uh, so, so there's round earth anarchists and then there's flat earth anarchists and now there's anti-Bitcoin anarchists and now there's Bitcoin anarchists. So like... <laughs> Between these two interviews that he did with this Jaronism guy and this Eric DeBay guy, he created like these subdivisions. If you go look at the comments from all these interviews, I mean, it's Jeff Berwick has already said, I'm going to turn comments off if this continues, you know, because whether he's controlled or not, I'm sure he is. But uh, the fact remains is that, uh, you know, he introduced these two people who are creating schisms within this so called. I'll, I'll say it's an artificial turf movement. It's not a grassroots movement, but um, within this quote-unquote grassroots uh, anarchy movement. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, I, I try not to get bogged down in too much, you know, divide and conquer stuff, but it is interesting to see how those two interviews created a non-Bitcoin anarchy, a Bitcoin anarchy, a flat-earth anarchy, and a round-earth anarchy. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I didn't know. And that. those are just uh, comments. Those could be all trolls commenting. But I mean, I don't write comments on Jeff Berwick's site, so you know, and I'm like a normal person. But then again, I don't even get caught up in all that stuff. I mean, I'm not sold on flat Earth, and I'm not sold on round Earth. But I do enjoy listening to people talk about either concept. So. Oh yeah, I, I do too. And like, uh, I don't feel like I'm in any kind of particular rush to like throw my hat in the arena of defining myself as a flat earther or whatever. I just, yeah, I find it interesting and it's, it's interesting to, to discuss it and talk about it. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, so you're a flat earth hoaxbusters? I'm a, uh, what, what, what do I say? Um, no, a ball earth skeptic, yeah, yeah. That's what Megan Tropic said and I was like, Yeah, that's that's ball earth skeptic. I'm, I'm, skeptic. I'm joining your club, Chris. I'm a baller skeptic too. I'm gonna make you the leader of our club. Well, I mean it so if I talk about 
if I don't refer to the earth as like the four corners or something like that, do I get a demerit or you get a demerit, know, dude? Absolutely. And we'll all label you as a troll, and we'll be finished. <laughs> your whole your whole podcast will go under. We will sink this ship so fast. Oh well, that's already. I think they're already underway. Sticking on water, long time ago. But I yeah, uh, I I don't I don't know. Like, do I have to know? Like right now? Oh uh, yeah, you better make a decision, man. Flat Earth around Earth. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean. I'd talk about it, sure. It's like, uh, you know, I, you know, it's like a, I've thought about it too. It's like, well, h- how do you know that it's round? Is it because you see other so-called planets that are round and like they have atmospheres and stuff, right? And like, what's holding the atmosphere on? And are they round? Are they spheres? And I mean, it looks like it. I don't know. And we're told all this stuff about like. Jupiter, for instance, and how far away it is, and how big it is, and and all that, and it's like, well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't have any way to verify that, but I don't know. It's like if those planets can hold an atmosphere, why can't Earth be round in a ball and hold an atmosphere? If that, if they're indeed planets, but uh, looks I, like I've they never are. heard that addressed. I, I'm, that's a good. I, I've never heard. That in any, I've listened to quite a bit of flat Earth uh, broadcasting, and uh, you know, something like the rings of Saturn, uh, which would, I mean, that, and, and that's that's verifiable with a with a, a telescope. You know, it's like that's not something that I'm just like getting off the, you know, uh, NASA's Photoshop. You know, I can <laughs> see the the uh, you know the, I mean the, the, the rings of Saturn strongly suggest uh, and I say that and I, I believe I've seen that through a telescope I, I believe I, it is my I believe I have seen it I can't remember a specific time that I've seen it but I'm almost sure yeah, I have I, but I, I, I believe it is possible to see it through an actual telescope so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure they might have a, you know, good explanation for it, but I just hadn't heard it. I mean, what's holding the rings in place? Is it gravity or? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, if if that's a planet, and then I, what what reason do I have to doubt that that's a planet? And well, you have to ask. Or what does that even the mean? Definition yeah. of a planet, right? What's the definition of a planet, right? So, what are those balls floating around out there? You know, I mean, <laughs> Mars or Jupiter? Yeah, and you can look at them with a telescope. I've seen it. I've seen Saturn through a telescope, and it's like, yeah, rings, and I don't know. It wasn't a powerful enough telescope to make out if there's any kind of atmosphere or anything, but. I don't know. It's like you could look through a telescope and see those, and and uh, see the atmospheres and all that. I don't. I don't doubt that. So, how do, how do you explain that? I mean, is that that doesn't necessarily prove that the Earth is of the same nature no, it as that, but, but it uh, suggests that. Yeah. Yeah, well, the idea really that the Earth too. is the same is like uh, not far fetched. I mean, I know that. Which is completely absurd that people would think that a perfect sphere wouldn't have been designed. Like, I mean, if you look at the moon when the moon is full, it does not look like an oblate sphere. It doesn't, I mean, it looks 
like a perfect circle. I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's a perfect circle or not, but it sure looks like a pretty tight circle to me. I mean, I, I don't know that I could draw a circle any more perfect than what the moon is, you know, with about 10 tries even. So, you know, to me that would suggest uh, design right there that you're looking at a perfectly circular pattern. This did not happen randomly. Has it been claimed that the moon is an oblate spheroid? I've I've, I've never heard that about the moon. I I don't know. It might have been. I'm just saying I've never heard of it. That it's a perfect circle? That it's an oblate spheroid, like you know, like you know, I hear often that the that the Earth is an oblate spheroid, like that it's not a perfect circle, and I've just never heard any claims about the moon one way or the other that it that it has uh, some kind of uh, deviation from a circle or you know like um, uh, any kind of fatness or thinness on you know any kind of aspect on one side, and I yeah I've never you know considered that issue, so it's just a good point. It does appear to be. A, a perfect circle. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you, if you look at the harvest moon, uh, which I made a point to go look at this. I took a bunch of pictures of it. I took a bunch of pictures of the moon when we had that uh, red, red uh, eclipse that happened a couple of uh, months ago. I mean, the moon in these pictures was a perfect circle. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was just like, it was ridiculous. This is outrageous. So... Well, uh, you've seen, uh, like, water in zero gravity or even on those drop planes or what do they call vomit comets or whatever. It kind of naturally forms itself into a sphere. Yeah. If it's kind of nothing to kind of distort it or whatever. I I don't know if I'm on board with the idea that it's spinning at a 1,000 miles per hour because how do you – if you wanted to run that experiment on a, a a globular sphere of water that's in zero gravity, see what happens to it if you get that thing spinning at a thousand miles per hour. It's not gonna. Uh, I would uh, I would venture to guess that the thing is not gonna even hold together, let alone not be. You know, probably turn. You know, it's like what do you how do you, you know? I don't know, but. Well, you're assuming, yeah, you're assuming the water is CG. What's that again? I said you're assuming the water is not CG. Well, I, yeah, but they could do it on the planes too. I mean, is that is that all fake? I, you know, I, it, is that uh, I don't know if it's CG on the some some instances and then uh, some not, but. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. What does water do then if it's in no gravity acting on it? Or well, I think uh, even if in, in that vomit comet, if it's true that uh, if you look at that video where the people are kind of floating around and they're they're telling you they're in there, I mean they're clearly shifting, kind of at uh, they're, they're clearly shifting kind of um, in, in a way that doesn't necessarily look like exact zero-g gravity. I mean, there's some force still being exerted on them, whether they're... Because I think there's probably zero-g probably for a short couple of seconds, and then you kind of feel a force on you, and then it's zero-g again, and you feel a force on you just because of turbulence and that sort of thing. That's what it looks like to me in the that Bomb Comet video with the blonde-haired chick spinning all over the place and the 
because everybody uses that video and says, look at her hair, it's not perm. So, yeah, but uh, raindrops will be basically not exactly spherical, but they'll yeah, I know, yeah, you know, yeah, as they're uh, falling from the sky. And have you ever seen like when raindrops hit, they land like it, like in a perfect circle, but it's like a splash circle on your windshield. You ever notice that? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So yeah, a tendency for things to go into a spherical shape unless it's act unless something's acting upon it to take it out of that shape, you know. Yeah. So yeah, the planets are spherical and then uh maybe the earth is spherical too. Based on some kind of inductive reasoning, you know, like, okay, why wouldn't it be? Uh so there's that, uh, you know, but yeah, that's not proof that the Earth is just like the so-called other planets. But, uh, yeah, and then there's all the stuff about the idea that it's flat. And then uh, I'm going to mute Paul. I think that's... Sounds like he's in a parking garage and someone is uh, about to take his money or life or something. I hope not. (laughs) It's like uh, something was going on. Uh, Like the... I don't know. Sound like he was down at the lockup or something. <laughs> yeah, he saw. Did he call here? Collect. <laughs> Paul, you need some help, man. That didn't happen this time. Would you like to accept a collect call from a correctional facility? Press one. Hey, no, by the way, was... good call with the uh, Neil deGrasse and mentor guy. That was uh, that was good stuff. Yeah, I asked him a few questions and. Uh, I don't think that he was consistently making sense on some of his points about the sun and about the moon and but the sun uh, looks bigger as it's higher in the horizon because of the refractive qualities of the atmosphere and then uh yeah so why doesn't it do that the same thing with the moon right but uh I didn't get a clear answer on that, and yeah, I don't know what well, the official I don't, I don't word think is. It'd so be interesting to find that out. Yeah, and I, I think he was talking to you as someone like you're an uh, amateur, really interested in astronomy, and not necessarily a conspiracy theorist, which is probably the only way you're ever going to get information out of anyone. Because, and I'm not calling you a conspiracy theorist, but that would be his term to describe perhaps your worldview or your view of uh, ast- astronomy. Um, but well, yeah, no, I, I mean, I really am curious, and I don't necessarily reject, you know, whatever the conventional view is, uh, is on any particular thing. I don't necessarily reject it out of hand just on principle. I mean, right. I, I want to weigh both sides. I don't really, you know, I, I'm not really convinced one way or the other so yeah like i said i'm a i'm a skeptic i'm a baller skeptic or you know it's like okay so what is the yeah let's see if all this the logic is consistent and you know it's like so far it doesn't seem to be yeah i'm glad you gave him a platform though to kind of explain his illogic of logic (laughs) yeah it just uh, didn't come across as logical and especially what he said about nasa (laughs) that that, 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 that didn't make any sense right that that doesn't make any sense so i mean 
Yeah, so, yeah, I, it, I just put that out there, and I don't interpret it for anybody, and I don't put any commentary on it, and I just ask questions and then put it out there, and people could draw their own conclusions. But, yeah, if you don't think something's up, then you got a real thinking problem. You, you know, that's, that's the way I look at it. So, yeah, something's up, and I don't think we're getting straight answers, and, you know, it's not because I don't think the guy was deliberately trying to deceive me or anybody else. I just think that, you know, things are just accepted and then, like, they're not really questioned in depth. Like, when there's an inconsistency, the, the, the inconsistencies are a lot of times just ignored. And it's just the conventional wisdom stays entrenched and will always stay entrenched because people don't, uh, you know, point out these inconsistencies and take them any take them to their logical conclusions. They just kind of like ignore them. And like, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing to do. I mean, it's like, that's, uh, that's an open ended question right now to me. And, uh, am I convinced based on that, that they're just flat? It's like, no, but I'm, I, I, uh, am now, you know, even more curious and open to the question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, well, why does the, why does the earth look so damn flat? You know? Even from these this high altitude footage that's coming out of the amateurs of sending up balloons and sending up their own rockets and you know getting getting some good elevation up there and they're taking pictures and they're they're showing showing the world the footage they're uploading on YouTube and it's like man that sure looks flat even from way 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 up there unless yeah. they've got a GoPro lens that's got a fisheye lens and it's distorting the crap out of it and then. Then you see it go convex, and then you see it go concave, and then you see it flatten out, and it's like, how is that possible? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, well, it's lens distortion. That's that's how that's possible. But, yeah, where you don't see the lens distortion or you see more of a uh, a, a non-distorted lens, it's like, sure looks flat. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my personal opinion is, is that, uh, yeah, I think, it definitely looks flat. I would think that from 11 miles up high, you would see some type of curvature, but the only thing you see is it just goes on. It looks like it goes on forever based on your perspective and the eyes limited how much it can actually see and, and take in. But And that's, that's our own limitation. So if you went up 11,000 feet and you just started flying straight, I mean, you would you would continue just to see the horizon line. And it would just keep coming up. It wouldn't. It wouldn't roll up. It wouldn't. You would see some curvature, I would think, from 11 miles up. I mean, that's my own. That's my statement. You would think you'd see curvature, and I don't see it. So. Yeah, I would think so, but uh, you don't really see it. I can't really tell. I mean, I've flown on planes and look out the window, and looks pretty flat. And then you suppose you're allegedly five miles up, something like that, and five miles up, 30,000, what's 30,000 feet, 30,000 feet, that's, uh, it's about feet and miles miles and 5,000, something, so yeah, you're, you're up there a ways, and looks pretty flat, uh, but we're told it's round, and we're told we're spinning, and spinning, spinning really, really fast, and we're traveling really, really fast, and you can't feel it. You can't sense it. There's no indication of it other than what you're told. 
So is that reason right there enough to doubt it? Yeah, I think so. Hey, so you'll get a kick out of this. I went to uh, Craigslist, found this truck for 500 bucks, this old 1980 Dodge, and I called the guy, and he says, yeah, I'm going to part it out or sell it to somebody who really wants to restore it. It's in pretty good condition. Why don't you come over and check it out and see if you want to buy it? And, I mean, 500 bucks for a four-wheel drive 1980 Dodge, even if the motor and transmission are blown, it's still, you know, two solid axles and, uh, you know, a cab and a bed. So... I was like, well, I'm going to go check it out. So I loaded up my trailer and my van and went over there. Man, this thing, it's so funny. All these Craigslist ads, and when you talk to people, I mean, they just market the heck out of this stuff. I got in that truck, and the whole dashboard was falling out of it because it was all rusted out, which isn't a big deal. I mean, you could tack weld something up there and, you know, to hold a dashboard up. But, uh, man, this thing, he didn't even have the key to it, so I went to to take the cotter pin out of the transmission to, to put it into neutral to pull it out of the location it was in, and the thing just, like, the cotter pin broke off. It was so rusted. This is a 1980 pickup. It was so rusted, the cotter pin just, like, dissolved when I went to pull it out. Like, it just, I mean, it just totally, it's like it just went to dust. <laughs> I huh. said, man, I was like, I, I can't buy this truck, man. This thing is, uh, it needs a whole new underbelly to it. I mean, the, 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 I hit the front axle with a sledgehammer just slightly because I was trying to get, um, I was trying to jack it up to pull the wheel off to see if I could get the tire to bead. And, uh, man, the whole axle was just like shedding metal off of it. I mean, it looked like a dog shedding in summer. It was just, I was like, man, I can't buy this truck. Yeah, not a very good indicator. Yeah, for 500 bucks, I'm thinking I'm going to get a, I'm going to get one of those junkyard gyms, you know, that's just mint and it's just a great, it's been sitting in somebody's backyard since 1990 and, I'm just going to get this jewel, and man, just every time I try to go on a Craigslist hunt, I mean, it just turns out to be a disaster. I mean, it really does. I mean, it just never pans out. So I am hereby throwing the red flag against Craigslist. Don't buy any yeah. Craigslist. Yeah, it probably depends on what it is. I mean, I've had some pretty good luck with it. and uh, Really? Yeah, it just, well, you know, you know it's like I said, it probably depends on what you're what you're buying, but... Oh, I need a four-wheel yeah. drive truck. I just need an old beater to drive around the farm. That's it. So, go, fi- yeah. go find me one, Chris. Might, uh... No, check eBay. I don't know. Yeah, check eBay. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to pay... You're not going to find any junkyard gems on eBay, that's for sure. I mean, people are pretty much getting what it's worth most of the time. So... Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily give up on Craigslist. You never know what you might hit upon, but that's yeah. kind of the nature of it. You don't know what you're going to come across until you go check it out. But that's yes. part of the process. And I guess you, if you factor that into the uh, Craigslist experience, then you know it is, it's, that's what it is. And it's just a kind of you know if people can post anything, and then you're going to have to do some sifting or, you know. Yeah, the, the the guy didn't even hook the chain up. He was pulling the truck out. He didn't hook the chain up to the hook, and I thought, I wonder why he didn't do that. And now I know why the thing was so rusted. That hook probably would have just broke right off. <laughs> he hooked it up to the bumper, and he was bending the bumper, and I was like, hey, man, you're bending the uh, bumper up here. He's like, oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to hook to that hook because he knew that thing was just all rusted out horribly bad. So. But, uh, 
Anyway, yeah, that was a bum deal, man. I thought I was getting a jewel over there because the guy was a mechanic. So his number traced back to a mechanic shop that he owned. I thought, man, this is one of those gems, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, not hardly. So, yeah, anyway. I probably should have paid you to haul it off. <laughs> well, but, I did. Yeah. I usually don't do this to people on Craigslist. If I've, I have bought a couple of things, I usually pay them what they're asking. I mean, I never... I don't really try to get him down any at all, and I did try to get this guy down, but yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't budge. So I had a buddy of mine with me. My buddy's like, he's like, your wife's gonna kill you if you buy this. He said, you will be. This truck needs over 400 hours of work. <laughs> uh, he said, you'll you'll never see the light of day if you buy this truck. So you know, uh, a couple thousand in with a new motor and probably another. 1500 for a rebuilt tranny on it, and then maybe a bad transfer case, maybe bad U-joints, bad act, drive shaft. I mean, you're running up the bill five, six grand, and you hadn't even got to the interior yet. So, I mean, you might as well just do a ground-up restore on it at that point. Yeah, um, right. I mean, you got to have something to work with. and Yep. The, the bottom's all rusted out, and that's there's nothing to work with. It ain't nothing. There's nothing really to sell, and nothing to gain from getting it, other than if you're gonna get a real good scrap price on it, and it's gonna be worth your while. But that's what 500 bucks. You ain't gonna get that much out of scrap. Yeah, th- there's three inches of rat poop in the floor. That's how long it's been since anybody's been in this truck. Oh wow, yeah. So horrible. But man, I I gotta go secure some things outside the storm. Is uh, I mean, it's wind is blowing really bad here too. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. I was just wanted to call in and say hey. And hey, hey. By the way, uh, what was your point for posting the uh, the WTF uh, drug video? Was it just to show like the cops are totally corrupt, handing out bags of dope and and letting people shoot up heroin <laughs> and all that kind of stuff? I yeah, I just thought it was humorous and I did like, too. Some people might get a kick out of it. It's like yeah, so they can just openly peddle drugs on the street as cops yeah. and yeah, yeah come get some dope and we'll go take you to where you can go do some dope and then and everybody was like hey everybody cops giving out free dope and then they go line up and then go do dope and then well what's funny about that pretty outlandish you know, i thought if, yeah if you had a block of what do they call it a bag is that what they call it a dime bag nickel bag i, I can't remember in texas how much or maybe it's a federal law, but there's a federal law. There's a certain amount of dope that you can have on you that uh, you basically become uh, intent to sell, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And the amount of dope they were handing out, I mean, that was definitely, they're breaking the law just with the intent to sell. And first of all, they're breaking yeah, the law. Yeah, and possession. they're going to spend the day handing out drugs, and then the next day they go, well, put people in prison for doing the exact same thing they were doing the previous day. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But then, you know, no really effort put forth to hide it or really conceal what they were doing or just, yeah, we're cops and that's what we do. We hand out drugs and get people high today. That's what we're doing. And it's an exercise or whatever they call it. You know, we're just seeing what drugs do to people. It's like, okay. Yeah. You don't know that by now, dude. Okay. So like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. how absurd does it need to get? But uh, yeah, I guess most people will watch it and say, 
oh, well, you know, they're cops. They can do whatever they want. And what's the problem with that? Or, yeah, what's the big deal about this video? But I, I just thought it was noteworthy just on that basis because they're well, going to go out tomorrow and send people to prison for doing yeah, exactly what they were doing the day my, before. My first thought, I just think it's interesting. My first thought was uh, you should get go uh, – I think there's – you know, you have mad mothers against drunk drivers. There's also like a um, – I think there's like a Mothers Against Drug Driving, or I don't know. You go find that organization and show them what they're doing and bring a bunch of mothers down there to make citizens arrest on these cops. What are they going to do? I mean, I would uh, That would never, ever happen in a million years. That's, yeah, but I, I, all I'm saying is that, you know, I would have loved for them to have to deal with a confrontation, you know, against some women well, yeah, that down there with fines. You know, mothers some, that are against drug driving... If a cop drives drunk, it's okay. They're yeah. And that happens all the time, from sure. what I understand. They don't go to jail, and they don't get trouble, and they let each other off the hook, you know, and you get escort each other home and stuff, and that that's a regular occurrence. And that's another thing, too. It's like, oh, yeah, you're a cop. You can drive drunk. That's okay. You've seen that but, YouTube uh, video? With, I mean, it's a fraud, but the guy, the cop pulls somebody over, and he's drunk. It's very yeah yeah. I mean it's it's off staged. I mean it's supposed to be staged. It's just a comedy skit, but uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. So, but you know it, that's probably not very far from reality, unfortunately. And and I don't mean that against. Oh, I'm sure it's happened and uh, but it I'm has sure happened. It's happened in many multiple. I think there's actual video too that's actually real. The, the cops actually drunk and he's pulling somebody over. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's. No, I'm sure that's happened so many times. It's like a... It's well, I've got a buddy who's a cop up in Frisco, and he says what he finds... is Now, he doesn't drink. He never has drank. It's just not something that interests him. But he says what he finds bizarre is a lot of these cops who pull people over and put them in jail, and they see all the effects that alcohol has, like for domestic abuse and all that kind of stuff. Yet these same people who are cops and who enforce all these laws and have to deal with domestic dispute, they'll go home and they'll drink, you know, a 12-pack of beer. And he, he just no, he doesn't yeah. get it. He's like, man, these people see what the the result is of, you know, drinking alcohol in excess, and yet they go home and do the same thing. So, and a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, the cop has a stressful job, he sees murders every day, and he deals with scum of the earth, and... You know, even my friend said that, yeah, we we have a hard job, and, you know, I understand, you know, why they do it, because our job's really hard, and, you know, he, like, makes excuses for him, but at the same time, he just is perplexed by the fact of uh, these, these same people who see all the destruction that alcohol does in people's lives, they'll go out and do the same thing, go out and drink just like anybody else. Now, maybe they're not breaking the law, maybe they're not driving drunk or what have you, but... Uh, you know, you go home and drink 12 beers, and what do you think that's going to do to your marriage and your your life with your children and, you know, your quality well, of life? I don't know. I think, I think, too, that, like, uh, they probably buy into their own uh, perceptions, like, that people have about them. Other people are like, uh, yeah, I'm a cop, and none of, nothing that affects other people affects me. The law doesn't apply to me. Alcoholism doesn't apply to me. Uh, being an asshole doesn't apply to me. I have a right to 
treat people like absolute shit. And I, because I'm an authority and I have a right to do that. And like, you see that all the time. And of course, like you have to say that all, all cops will do that. But yeah, the, the ones that do have this kind of air of entitlement about them, like they have every right to do that, you know, because they don't get fired and, that's the problem. They don't get fired, and they don't. Well, have and then you find out. Doing that. Yeah, and then you find out they're in the FOP with all their buddies too. So the fraternal yeah, order of police. Like you see a video, or okay, this guy's kind of minor, knows his own business, and he's sitting on his own property, and then the cop comes up, and then he's he's got some kind of business that has nothing to do with the guy, and the guy's just filming the the encounter, and and then the cop just walks up to him and starts talking to the dude like he's an absolute dog, like he's an absolute piece of shit, and cusses at him and talks to him every which way. And it's like, okay, what if that was a, a UPS or a FedEx worker and and they treated the general public like that? How, how long would they have their job? Oh, they'd be fired, you know, especially if it was on video and it was posted up on YouTube. And then the video said, oh, here's, here's the treatment you should expect from FedEx when they come to your door. And they treat you like shit and they talk to you like you're a dog and then they, you know, um, they're just bullying and mean to you. How, how long would they be employed with FedEx? N- not very long. But cop means, like, uh, not only can they be on videotape and not only can they be on YouTube, but they won't lose their job and no penalty and they won't, they won't have a reprimand, generally speaking. And uh, that's just absolutely ridiculous to me, but... For most people, I guess they think, oh, the cops got a tough job, so they could treat any and everybody like shit. And even though their job is, you know, statistically many times safer than like a roofer or even a trash collector, it's, their job is not even the top ten most dangerous. See what I mean? It's like all about perception and and you mean, not, you mean not the hammer the, of cops, the top, but like that's the whole you, government is taking taken in the same kind of general vein that cops are. It's like, they're, they're the people, they're the boots on the ground and the people that interface with you. And if, and if people defer to that, even when they see many, many examples of them, just total absolute abuse of their fellow man. And then, well, yeah, they're cops. So it's like, so that, that, that Lynn, you know, a lot of people are upset about it, but there's enough people out there, obviously that could give a shit less how a cop treats another person. Uh, you know, so they they get away with it, and then you, you know damn well that goes all the way up to the top of the so-called government. So you know you could pick on cops, but cops are only the, the 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 front the front men, and they're the ones that everybody sees out in the public, you know. But you know that sentiment and that contempt for the average person travels all the way up the chain, obviously, or you wouldn't see it on the street. So you said the cop's job was not even the most dangerous in the top ten professions in not, the United States? Not according to the government's own statistics, whatever that's worth. But Really? Um, yeah, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and all that. Like you, you cop, would think that they had the not most, even in the top ten. Yeah, you would think they had the most dangerous job in the world, kind of like what we hear, what the perception is, and what the perception is, is given to us on a consistent basis. Wow. So where was their job as far as, like, the most dangerous profession? Do you remember? Was it, like, top 20, top 30, top 50? Uh, 
it may be in the top 20, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I was just surprised about all the jobs that were high, like trash collectors is more dangerous. It's more dangerous to be a trash collector than it is to be a cop. And then statistically too, like, uh, if you take victims of violent crime, like shooting victims and victims of stabbings and stuff like that, like it's safer to be a cop than it is to be an average citizen on a, you know, incident for an incident basis. And so they actually are safer than the average person. So that makes it even more absurd, but, but the perception is, you know, and you hear it all the time. It's like, Oh, they have a tough job and oh, their job is very, very dangerous. And like, Hey, I wouldn't want that job. I mean, because what I believe that they do and what you see all the time, and if you watch cops, or I'm not basing it on that, but just basing it on other stuff I've seen, it's like they're they're dealing with domestic violence and people's personal bullcrap, and 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 you know, I acknowledge too that that can make you probably to a large extent sort of like have a soured outlook on just society at large and maybe turn you into a jerk after a certain period of time. And so, yeah, there's, there's all that to take into consideration, but, uh, yeah, their job being the most dangerous. No, not even, not even, not by a long shot, Hmm. but not that it's, I'm not saying it's an easy job. I'm not saying that, but it's not, it's, it's definitely not, it doesn't meet up to the average perceptions of people. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I thought it'd be in the top five, top ten, easy. Hmm. Yeah, you would think, but no. Well, not I would I would think that only because every time a cop is killed, it's like totally publicized. And, you know, whether it happens in another state, it kind of like wears on your conscience that this is happening all over America in every single city. So, you know, it... it, it if if I was to tell you, do you know how many cops were killed in L.A. last year? I mean, you'd probably say 250, maybe 400. <laughs> but but uh, it sounds like that's not true at all. That's uh, ridiculous. It's probably more yeah, than five yeah. or ten, maybe. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just I'm throwing out very uneducated guesses right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, I would have thought a cop was being killed every day, like in a big city like L.A. or New York. But when you take it through, it it does make sense that, you know, if especially if you're talking about cops are, are sort of a, well, actually, they are in a lot of respects, and probably in, in generally speaking, they, they rep- represent a type of criminal gang. And who goes around fucking with criminal gangs? Nobody. Nobody. So that totally makes sense that they're safer than the average person. Wow. Which is like... Yeah, you don't get away with killing a cop and you don't get away. Because, you know, you've seen they pull out all stops when it comes to a fellow cop. Yep. And they, all the all the taxpayer-funded resources at their disposal, they use them to the maximum to, to, per, to find and hunt down somebody that killed a cop or injured a cop or something like that. But not, not true of the average citizen, but certainly true of cops. So, yeah, who, that that's a most powerful criminal gang on the planet so they're not they're not going to get messed with near as much as the average person would be uh, obviously so yeah i totally believe that statistic and that they're safer than the average on average they're less 
less likely to be a victim of violent crime than the average person. Well, well, that's interesting. I was trying to Google some stats from the Labor Bureau about it, but Google's not being very helpful with an exact link. Where they get injured, they say that the top ten cause of the, I mean, the, the number one cause of death for police is traffic accidents. Yeah, that, is, I was going to say, yeah. you know, garbage man would make sense because any time you're dealing with traffic, I mean, you're pretty much, uh, especially today with iPhones and all the distractions that exist in cars. I mean, it's uh, it's no surprise yeah. that people are being killed, especially. I would think like the most hazardous job are these guys who uh, in Dallas they have these safety crews that drive around and like these little white trucks with these orange si- well they're big F two fifties with white sirens and you yeah. know they carry around they carry flicks, fix a flat and toe straps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's just dangerous in general to be a pedestrian anywhere near a highway. Yeah, man, it's really dangerous. I... That's you know, and if you look at it that way, yeah, the highway patrol cops and stuff that's dangerous job and you know but you know that certainly is factored into their ranking in that so if you were to like okay take all that away it's like yeah they'd be way further down the list the most dangerous profession so yeah it so in so if you take a, those things into consideration it's like yeah the perception is way different than the reality and uh yeah, they probably get injured on the job and, you know, and stuff. Just just people drunk and flailing around and being belligerent and all that and then they get they get a scrape or they get a stuff or they get a maybe a dislocated shoulder or something like that, trying to wrestle with somebody or Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that happens and then, you know, that of course that's no fun but and but I, I yeah, I, I I really don't think that, that in any way uh, gives them the uh, right to conduct themselves the way that they do. They really don't. And, and then the only reason why they conduct themselves the way they do is public perception of them having this sort of extremely dangerous job, so you have to defer to the dangerousness of their job, right? And then on top of that, their perceived authority, and then you know people in general don't question authority, and uh heard people talk about too that like well even though they know they weren't in the wrong they still feel guilty when they're confronted with a cop like they feel like like you know just impulse to grovel and to feel guilty and uh yeah that's all conditioning it's all conditioning it's all perception management it's all uh yeah it's not not based in reality yeah, so here's the the fatal work injuries amongst police officers and police supervisors was higher in 2014, rising from 88 in 2013 to 103 in 2014, an increase of 17%. So 103 police officers as the census of fatal occupational injury summary for 2014 indicates that 103 police officers were killed in 2014 on the job. So it doesn't say, you know, if that was gang-related or what their injuries were from, but um, you'd probably have to go to another document for that. But, um, man, a lot of self-employed people killed while they were working. Oh, my gosh. It says, uh, 
it was a thousand and forty seven people uh self employed were killed. Holy smokes. That's probably yeah, being self employed is more dangerous than being a cop, right? Yeah, well farming's pretty dangerous. I mean you can go to YouTube and see these people they don't show you what happens to these people, but people who have flipped over tractors and it looks like they got squashed by the tractor or uh they got, you know, a cow like pinned them up against the wall and they're recording like some procedure they were doing to this like you know, this uh bred bull that or this bull that was gonna do breeding and stuff. You know, they're just documenting what they're doing with them and dude like gets stomped on. Well you heard about that uh this happened recently. There was some rancher and his bull got loose and it was um I, it wasn't on the main road or anything. I think it was on like uh, some kind of rural road. And uh, so these people come along and they run into the bull with their car. And I think they were injured, but not really severely. And then, uh, yeah, the question is like, oh, you know where you're at. You know, you're in, that's a kind of frequent occurrence. It's like, yeah, if you run into a, how do you miss a, damn bull in the street anyway where you end up running into them so it's like that's that's some so some idiot runs into a bull and then the bull's upset obviously because he got hit by a car and then they kind of get uptight about that the tendency of the bull and so he's kind of on a rampage there and then so the cops show up of course people call the cops for everything and then and then the rancher shows up with his rifle to, you know, retrieve his bull or to do whatever he's going to do to take care of the situation. And the cops see a guy with a gun and they shoot the guy and kill him. Like this rancher that like, I think he was in his seventies. He's like everybody in that community knew the guy and like, really? Oh, cop see gun, cop kill you. And then that's the end of the story. And it's like, wow. yeah, it's totally ridiculous. And, but you know, yeah, it's like uh And this ha- this happened in your community? No, it was in uh Wyoming or something. Oh, okay. No, it was like well, last month or something like that. Yeah, I didn't see that. I guess uh I guess I wasn't watching the farmers uh almanac update. <laughs> yeah. So it's like common occurrence and then you get like rookie cops and then the whole entire thing gets completely a long way out of proportion and then somebody ends up dead and then it's like yeah it's just it's just you know obviously there's something seriously wrong with the way that these so-called police officers are trained i think it's pretty clear that they're trained to shoot first and ask questions later and uh yeah, and everybody defers to them, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they got a dangerous job. They, you know, they see a gun and they shoot, and you shouldn't have had a gun. It's like, well, <laughs> you're in ranch territory. Everybody's got a gun, and it's just a tool. You know, it's not a, not an indicator that you're a criminal, but, yeah, but now it's painted in everybody's mind that, oh, if, if you have a gun for any reason and you get shot, then you deserved it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like be no different than showing up in a work truck. You know? Could have well, ran like over, technically, I guess. So it goes back, it goes back to the training, though, truck. because the way they work it in subconsciously is they always tell the officers, your safety is first, your safety is first, your safety is first. 
and they drill that in, and they drill it in that they have the the, the right and the discretion to use their weapons, any weapons they have, whether it's a mace, taser, or their gun. And if they see you have a gun, I mean, you don't bring mace to a gunfight. You pull your gun out and start blasting. So that, uh, I mean, that's I mean that's a very intricate thing. I mean, when I get pulled over, in the, when I've gotten pulled over in the past, I haven't been pulled over recently, but uh, probably will be now. But uh, you know, and I'm concealing a weapon. I mean, I'm a little I'm a little on edge because while I don't want to give up my right and be disarmed by the officer. I'm also thinking that, you know, I, I'm announcing that I, you have to announce to that you have a concealed weapon. Um I don't know, it's just it's just not I don't I don't feel comfortable because I know I I always feel like he has the upper hand. I don't feel like we're we're are dealing with each other from man to man, person to person. It's like he's got this huge coercion of force behind him besides just his gun. So it's not like uh, it's not it's not like it's not a very comfortable exchange. So yeah, it's uh, well. Anytime you're interfacing with them, your life is in danger. I mean, because of any false move on your part, they misinterpret it, and it's like, no, oh, I just had to blow blow them away and. <laughs> It looks like there was a shiny object in his club box, and it's like, yeah, everybody just accepts it. Okay, yeah, Chris had a ice scraper that looked like... I did have an ice scraper. It was like an old... It was, it was a great ice scraper. I mean, it actually worked, you know, one of those kind that you could actually scrape ice out of the room until without, it, without the ice scraper shattering. It was, like, made out of metal, and I kept it in my uh, glove box. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, man, I better not have that in my damn glove box. Did I get pulled over, and I'm opening that glove box, and that thing looks kind of remotely like a gun. And the next thing you know, I got a couple of extra holes in my head. And it's like, oh, well, he had to do what he had to do. That ice scraper could have been sharp. He could have got cut, or it looked like a gun. And now you're dead, and then it's like, Nobody cares, you know, because it's a cop and cops have a right to kill whoever they feel like they might need to kill, even though they pulled you over for a sticker or something. Doesn't matter. Something else. Broken tail light or seatbelt. I was checking on safety and then he reached for an ice scraper and I had to kill him. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes total sense to everybody and uh, nobody would bat an eye. Just put you in a hole and. End of story. Cop goes about his job like nothing happened. Gosh, like, this is so fear from my life. I don't know what's gotten into you. No, I mean, I just think that's reality. Would it happen? Uh, are they that jumpy generally? No, but uh could happen. Yeah, it could. It very easily could happen. And I, I don't think that's fear-mongering. I think it's just a fact of life. Anytime, anytime you're dealing with authorities, whether you know whether it's for taxes or whatever, I mean, you're going into again. I mentioned this in the chat. You're going into their power grid. You're going where they have agents who are loyal to their system. You're going. I mean, even the clerks are loyal to the system. When you're trying to like file forms and fill stuff out for the court, and 
it's like, oh, sir, you didn't read this line, and you have to do this and do this, and we can't accept this form. You know, I had that happen with my, uh, I was trying to get a uh, boat titled out of my name. I sold a boat many years ago, and, like, I didn't fill something out or something for some registration that had to be transferred over. It was the most convoluted document. I mean, it should have been I signed the title and it's done, but I had to do a transfer, and then the title had to be bonded because I didn't actually have the title. And, I mean, it was just the craziest, craziest rigmarole ever. But, man, these people who run the front desk up there at the registration, man, they are so loyal to the system. I mean, holy cow. You know, you got one thing out of place, and, you know, they got to sit you down and take you over here and spell it all out. This is why we can't accept this. And, you know, oh, it's terrible. I mean, I'm glad they were there to help me get through it. I would have never got through it without their help. But... Like, gee, yeah, and then, like, it's so almighty important, too, like, that everything be, you know, all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted and, you know, but then you flip that around to where it comes to the the officialdom itself and then, like, oh, yeah, like you were talking about earlier, oh, they didn't put this sign in the right place or they didn't do this that right. and It's like, oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's all excusable. Nobody's going to be held to account over that. It's like, oh, we're human and we make mistakes. Yeah, which, you know, that, that was a But when it comes issue. to their authority, they're gods, and then when it comes to their fuck-ups, then they're humans and they make mistakes. So they yeah. get to have it both ways. Yep. And, yeah, so, and everybody accepts that standard. Like, oh, well, you need to defer to their authority, Chris. And it's like, well, why? And it's like, well, they're gods, and then when you point out a monumental fuck-up, it's that, well, Chris, they're only human, and you need to cut them some slack. I, well, I thought they were gods. It's like, no, yeah, they're well, not gods. They're people, just like you. It, it like, is, oh, really? It is pretty crazy, like, when you start digging into traffic laws and the multi-uniform traffic code and uh, street surveys and all that. I mean, they actually do, allegedly, they do all that stuff. They pay private companies to do all that stuff. And these companies have to record, like, how long they did the stat, what kind of vehicles, what the gross rate, uh, gross weight vehicles were that were on this road, because that helps set the uh, speed limit, because, you know, an 18-wheeler doesn't quite stop as fast as maybe, like, a, you know, 2016 Ford Mustang with Brembo brakes. So, uh, so, so, I mean, they're supposed to do a lot of analysis to determine what the speed is on a road. And, uh, you know, when I started digging for this road that I got a ticket on, I found out they didn't even do the street survey for uh, four days. They only did it for two days, and they weren't measuring the gross rate of vehicles. And and then they said, no, oh, well. No, so they were totally negligent on all of that. But uh, well, they who's going to oh, well, get fired or who's going to, you know, get a fine or oh, well, what happened with that? going to jail, but nobody. Yeah, what happened with that is they said, well, this is a farm-to-market road, and it falls under state jurisdiction. And that doesn't fall under the county's municipality. So the county didn't control the, the FM road because it was a farm-to-market road. Those are controlled by the state. And the state doesn't adhere to the same multi-uniform traffic code that the county adheres to. So the state has a whole other set of rules. So I was basically looking at the wrong rule book for the road. So I, apply, I applied a county law to a... Uh, to a state-owned road. It's bizarre. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's a common tactic, too. It's like, uh, 
well, that's not my department. And uh, yeah. so nobody will take responsibility. You try to like find out, okay, so who, okay, you have jurisdiction over me to tell me this and that, and I need to obey. So I, I, I have a question about this. Like, who do I ask? Well, no, you don't ask me and you don't ask the VA and you don't ask them. And, Oh yeah, you, know, you got to go to court. You got to jump through this hoop, and you got to jump through that hoop, and then you might get to talk some somebody at some point. But you know, for now, hold your peace, and then hold your peace in court, and hold your peace, and you can't record, and you can't do this and that. And no, we're not going to show you a law that says you can't. We're just telling you that you can't. And uh, we tell you what to do, but when it comes to answering questions, we don't have any answers for you because that's not our my department. My department is not to answer questions. I'm not an attorney. I can't give you legal advice. Yeah, so I mean, it's when, like when they have started, all the authority in the world, but nobody's going to answer anybody any questions that you have because then they don't have any authority or any say. It's not their department, and that's not their job. And yeah, it's just having it both ways and doing it with impunity. And but they're legitimate, right? So it's, it's pretty incredible. So you don't get to ask questions only to the judge and then only in a limited capacity and then only then and then only then then the judge can decide whether he wants to decide whether that's frivolous or not or or to just just arbitrarily declare that it's frivolous and then not hear it or yeah so there is no yeah it's like when I first uh, met uh, you and Marcus, I was trying to allodialize my land, and uh, trying to get answers for that was uh, very complicated. And there's no one to really help you allodialize your land. And what that does is it removes your land from the tax rolls, and it puts ownership directly to you. And what's interesting about that is that if you allodialize your property, your property rights become non-transferable even to a trust or um, inheritors of your property. The property goes back to the state if you allodialize your property to be reallocated and have to be purchased from the state. So, you know, and I was only Oh, uh, so you ended up doing that? No, I tried, but it didn't work. I mean, it was too, the process was too difficult. I had to send in all these forms, and they told me I sent the wrong form in, and I had to submit the original surveys, and... I mean, I was trying to do it, but then I started thinking, well, it's non-transferable, and then if I ever have to sell my house or, like, maybe I get relocated for work or something, it's going to be almost impossible to sell my property. I'll have to go back to the process to unalodialize it, which is, I don't you think you have to die to get it unalodialized, and then it goes back to the state if it becomes unalodialized out of your name. So, oh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's crazy. that's... Because I wanted to get off the tax rolls, so I didn't have to pay taxes, property taxes. So and, and yeah, they don't want you to do that, do so that. they make it difficult, if not impossible, to do that. And uh, yeah, that that's how it works. I mean, it doesn't work. You know, it only works when they want it to work. And if they wanted you to have a, you know, loyalize your land or whatever you call it, then they would have let you do it. But if they don't want to let you do it, they could. 
throw oh, any number of barriers in play, and uh, you could hire an attorney if you yeah, want. Yeah, $1,000 retainer just to have a lawyer there. He's not even going to fill out the documents for you, but he'll write a letter to the government notifying him that you have intentions of elodializing your property. And he'll be yeah. a retainer uh, if I need help. Yeah, it's absolutely crap. But, uh, like, uh, why does the attorney got to get involved? Well, the attorney's got to get paid, and that's another barrier. And knowing full well that most people don't have that, you know, $1,000 laying around. And uh, so that's just, you know, stonewalling, and that's commonly what they do to you, and then uh, sandbagging, if you want to call it that, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, one day one day we need to uh, get together and uh, compare, well, I don't know if you have any notes on this, but whatever notes you have on uh, like a will and a do not resuscitate and all that stuff, I mean, I went to a lawyer and had all that stuff done. It was almost a thousand bucks for me and my wife to do that, which is ridiculous. I could have filed yeah, the paperwork. Yeah, probably didn't need to technically hire an attorney. You probably could have did it on your own. Yeah, of course I could have. But it's just time-consuming and problematic. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's the that's the. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll just say this, and then I need to close up shop here because it's already four hours and file size is getting big. But anyway. Uh, the yeah, I went and filed a public records request, which you know, the, theoretically, the average person is, you know, that you're right as a citizen, right? You know, to make a public request records request about it, you know, anything the government's up to. So, yeah, I got another seatbelt ticket, like I said before, and uh, I got to go to court in January. Oh, and I didn't then, hear that. Yeah, so yeah, I got to do that bullshit again, and um, so I put a public records request for yeah, the amount of revenue that the city of Lawton has taken in on seatbelt uh, citations within the last previous physical year or whatever. And uh, so, you know, they gave me the absolute runaround and sent me here, sent me there, sent me to this other place. No, we don't do that. And I asked them, the clerk at the desk, I said, well, you know, you obviously know this better than I do. I said, I can't, I just issue it to you and you route it to the proper channels. No, absolutely no. Can't do that. You got to go here and you got to go there. And so I went there, and they said, "No, you're at the wrong place." You gotta... So yeah, that happened oh five or six times. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, this comes with the territory." I knew this was going to happen, so I just went along with it. And I finally got to a uh, actually a cop helped me out, which is surprising. He basically went in there and told the dude, "said Okay, this is what this gentleman wants to do. You need to help him out." And that's the only way I got to submit a records request. But, you know, I asked them, okay, is there a form or anything? No, there's not a form. You just write it down on a piece of paper. And I said, oh, okay. So I just wrote it down on a piece of plain notebook paper, and I handed it to them. And they said, oh, you need to fill it out this way. And I said, okay. So I did what they told me. And did they get back to me? No. And they're supposed to have 30 days to get back to you. But have I got anything back? No, I haven't got anything. So, yeah, that's how it works i mean you're supposedly live in a democracy and they're supposed to be accountable to the public but are they no absolutely not and do they follow their own procedures and laws and stuff no but are you supposed to respect them and defer to them and do what they tell you yeah you're supposed to and that's better and and that's how you be a good person and 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 you do the right thing chris is you do what they tell you and it's like 
No, but they're not accountable and they don't follow their own laws. Well, never mind that. You're, you're, you're just supposed to do what they tell you and, and and let them treat you like crap and give you the run around and waste your time. And so was your stop? Uh, but they're your servants. They're they're your public servants, Chris. You know. So was your stop? Was it cordial? I mean, like, was it a bad exchange or was it all right? Or you just took the ticket and was like, oh well, I'll fight it later. No, I took the ticket and then I I asked them about the law and then, you know, the, you know, trucks being exempt, which it clearly states trucks are exempt. And then it defines truck as any vehicle designed and maintained for the transportation of, pub, uh, tra- transportation of uh, private property, which clearly what a pickup falls into that category. So they've, they've made the law convoluted so that, you know, they could uh, have this absurd, uh, a situation where you can ride in the bed of the truck if you're in Oklahoma and you don't have to have a seatbelt on, obviously, because you're in the bed of the pickup. But if you're in the cab, you can get excited for a seatbelt. But see, that's not codified into law because it's so absolutely ridiculous. They chose to kind of just not put it in writing because it would be so ridiculous that, you know, you could, you know, you could just, if you had even just a rudimentary, a, a rudimentary understanding of English, you could point out the absurdity of the law. But so they choose to keep it vague. And there's laws against that. Like there's laws against the state or any governmental body making a law vague like that. But see, what is the law? It's like what, it's whatever the authorities say it is. Right. So they can make it convoluted. They can do whatever they want and they can give you the runaround and they don't have to. Like I said, they don't have to answer questions. It's like. So this is divine right or is this legitimate or yes, I'm really confused about it. So maybe I'll get some answers when I go to court. I probably won't, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, well, the DNA, the DA will probably recognize you and just let you go. He don't want to deal with you. So he'll, he'll, he'll remember. No, they the, don't care, man. Like they don't care. Like, uh, they, well, no, he'll probably remember uh-huh. you though. No, they probably don't. Like they, so many people It's like, well, maybe, like, because I, I get a you don't sense think, that... I remember the guy's name, Neil. Wasn't that his name? No, this is different because this is state now because I got pulled over by Highway Patrol in town. Oh. So they have jurisdiction over me, too, in town. Not on high, not just on the interstate highways, but anywhere. So they can write you a seatbelt ticket any and everywhere, and they have jurisdiction, and then everybody's got jurisdiction, but... Oklahoma State Nobody can prove it by logical reason. They just have jurisdiction because they say so and they have guns. That's how it works. Hey, Oklahoma State Troopers, Mr. Kendall, looking out for your safety, sir. Yes. Yeah, sir. looking out for my safety. Buckle and up then, seatbelt. So did you buckle up when you when you left? Uh, I think like, I did. did and then I took the seatbelt off as soon as I was out of view. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just... I wasn't going to have it out with them on the side of the road because that's just yeah. pointless. And, uh, but I did ask, like, yeah, trucks are exempt. And did you know about that? And you saying, well, I'm not an attorney. I can't discuss that with you. Basically the same, but I can enforce the law. Yeah. I'm just going to enforce the law. And... I have no understanding of and that's mm-hmm. my right because I'm a trooper or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's nonsensical. It's all nonsensical. It's, doesn't make any sense, but yeah, will they write a ticket to his fellow officer, even though the traffic incidents are the number one cause of death? No, he doesn't do that. No. Uh, ask a cop next time you see a cop. Just ask them, like, "Hey, officer, I'm just curious. Like, 
during your career, however long you've been a police officer, how many how many seatbelt tickets have you written to fellow officers? And if if they're remotely honest, they'll tell you, no, I've never written a ticket. It's like, yeah, I didn't think so, but. So tickets, the seatbelts are for everybody's safety, and you care about safety, and you and you certainly care about your fellow officer safety because that's what it's all about. That you go home safe at night and with your family, up until the point of shooting a guy for having a ice scraper in his car or, or <laughs> making too quick a movement to go get his like that one guy that got shot by cop. The, the, the black guy at that convenience store. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was just that was yeah, that was great. Sterling <laughs> example. Assuming that it was real, I mean, I, I never looked up to see if that guy, you know, like if there was a follow-up. and It certainly uh, looked real. I, it looked real to me, though. So. Uh, but, yeah, it's not not out of bounds, and uh, I, it's shocking that that doesn't happen every day. Maybe it does, and you just don't hear about it. But uh, Yeah, you know, it's uh, all for your safety, and you should just comply, and then I'm reading all this stuff that's saying that seatbelts are actually more dangerous than not having a seatbelt. And that was really methodically laid out case for that and really compelling and just kind of opened up, opened up my idea to that, my mind to the idea that maybe it's like uh, the reason why they have everybody wear a seatbelt because they want more deaths. And, <laughs> and it's actually, yeah, it's, yeah, that's totally counterintuitive, but then when you look into the what this article went into about rollover accidents and the seatbelt holds you in place so you can be crushed while the while your roof caves in on you and all this other stuff that it was pointing out and the statistics that like most people that die are actually buckled in when they find you dead, you're buckled in and you're dead as a doornail and then the way that the news communicates it, like you'll hear about all oh, these I just heard about this the other day. Four teenagers died. Two of them were buckled up and two of them weren't. But they made a point to to point out that two of them were ejected from the car and died. And But it's like, okay, the other two died too, right? Yeah. And Okay, they were buckled up, right? Yeah. So you see what I mean? Yeah, we had we had an accident occur. We lived, uh, when we lived in Waxahachie, we lived on a farm to market road, 813. And we lived right off a curb. And my neighbor lived right at the edge of the curb, and one of those C-1500 single-cab Chevys came through there, and the passenger was not wearing a seatbelt, and the driver was, and the driver hit a culvert. He fell off the side of the road, and the the, the um, median was like a drop-off, so it, it like caught the wheel and pulled him down into the ditch, and he hit the culvert, and the truck flipped up, and the guy in the seatbelt went like through the back window out of his seatbelt like it just like sucked him out and the passenger when the vehicle rolled over he was in the floorboard and he came out like without a scratch and his buddy the driver was killed and he was sucked out of his seatbelt like literally pulled out by the back window but the guy that got on the floorboard the only reason why he's able to do that because he wasn't buckled in right yeah he wasn't buckled in but the other guy flew out the back window of the truck while it was flipping yeah yeah, it goes into that in this article, too. It just gives all these examples where people survived because they were able to duck down to the floorboard. Or, well, I think he was you know, thrown to the floorboard. I don't know if he actually ducked, but he was thrown yeah. 
the initial or yeah, contact. either thrown to the floorboard or got down out of the way of the side impact or whatever. You get a side impact and you're buckled in, you're just going to get crushed. But if you can get thrown to the floor or get thrown away uh, out of the impact area, then you have more likelihood, which makes sense. And then, yeah, it started making a lot of sense. And I was like, yeah, maybe they want death on the highway. And that's why everybody's. And then you look at the. Well, well the way they wrote it up in the government paper. Out were, what's the, that? I said uh, we had it. We had it called the. Uh, the paper is called the Daily Light. Everybody called it the Daily Wipe or the Daily Lie. But anyway, the Daily Wipe wrote it up and basically said that uh, the passenger was not wearing a seatbelt. They never mentioned that the guy who was killed was wearing a seatbelt. They didn't even mention it at all. Well, then that should tell you that even well, I though... Didn't, I didn't think about it back then. Even though, the, even though the statistics are obviously skewed i mean you could base it off that that they'll skew the statistics to 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 defer to seat belts even with that the the statistics don't bear out that this because they passed mandatory seatbelt laws in all these states and the the, the traffic fatalities didn't drop or they've they've done it in places where they've had a noticeable increase in fatalities after the law was passed so yeah there's all that well, this and this is too. This was like 2007 when I was about to put our house up for sale to move out to the country because I thought all hell was about to break loose. And I told my wife, I said, "There, our house is in the corner of the pictures. That if anybody recognizes that and they're coming to look at our house, they'll never buy our house if they know someone was killed right next door." You know, so because that road, I'm telling you, it, it it didn't it didn't leave peace in your mind. You'd go to sleep at night, you'd hear cars just like running probably 100-plus miles an hour down this. Because after that big turn, it was a big straightaway. And people in the middle of the night, you know, they would come running through there, you know, 90. And the road, just the tire noise alone, plus the engine noise, I mean, it was loud. I mean, it, it, it would wake you sometimes from your sleep. So, but man, I will never live off of like a crazy, you know, 80 where people run between 60 and 80 miles an hour road when and you're only 100 yards or 50 yards away from the road, I will never live in a house like that ever again, ever. So Yeah, dangerous. But uh, I'm sure they're licensed and they're insured <laughs> and they have their stickers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you should just Good change point, your perception, Chris. Damon, and look at them as being safe. <laughs> Instead of dangerous, I never quite you're thought the about one it quite wrong. like that. Yep, you're right. Yeah, you got to think, get your thinking straight. I can't live in a world of fear. They need to go buy a house close to a super highway or something to show I'm not. Yeah, yeah. safe. Everybody on the road safe. They're all safe. Yep. Highway patrols out there keeping everybody safe. Yep. So nothing to fear by the highways. Hey, on that note, oh, I'm yeah. dropping. <laughs> Yeah, man, I got to go, too. So, yeah, thanks for calling, dude. And, uh, yeah, call in next time and uh, chat it up. All right, man, sounds good. I'll call you when I get my uh, Jeep and uh, my PTO and my LS1 dropped in there with 500 horsepower. Yeah, you can, like, uh, rev the engine and everybody can hear it. Well, I I can run a hay cutter, a hay sifter, and a baler all off the Jeep while I'm driving 40 miles an hour through my field. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I like it. That's All right, good. Man. All right. Later. Thanks, man. Take care, man.
All right, thanks, everybody. And, yeah, it went long, and, yeah, I'm going to have a big file to deal with. And, yeah, I haven't been doing a call in a while, so I expect it to probably maybe go long. And, uh, all right, yeah, and look who's in the chat, reading the chat. Okay, Mod, nice to hear you again, Chris. Thanks, Tay. Thanks for being here. Thanks to uh, Barking Carnival, Greg and G, Jimmy Boy, K, Mod, Wanda Wanda. Still on the chat. Thanks for hanging out so late. And maybe I'll move the call up a bit since it's darker earlier and it's dark at 5 o'clock and it's dark, 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 and it's getting late, 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 and all of that. And, uh, you know, got to gotta conform to the reality of daylight savings because they set the clock back. Right? Okay. Yeah, they did set it back, fall back back in the fall so it gets dark an hour earlier to save electricity right so you run your lights less when it's dark earlier i don't know how does that work i don't know just do what they tell you set your clock back and uh yeah what else well that's enough talking so yeah let me get the file up and hopefully there won't be all the interference on the file and uh hopefully we do a call next monday at the same time, maybe a little bit earlier. So, uh, yeah, you get notifications if you, you, you know, you put a phony account or phony email, you still get notifications, whatever, you know, so you don't have to put in any information or anything. It's real easy. At hoaxbusterscall.com, there's a link to the talk shoe uh, where we do this from, and uh, there is some posts up on hoaxbusterscall.com check that out and uh yeah thanks thanks again everybody and thanks for the caller enters uh paul and rochelle and uh uh the dude from california and aussie luke and all everybody that called in uh damon and did i say paul paul and paul's paul's safe by the way he sent me a skype message that he's not in lockup and he's not in any danger so that's cool so, uh, yeah, so talk to everybody next week. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe and drive careful and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, take care, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.